0: Maimon. i'm merlin and we're a gay and his envy episode 23 another episode of a gay and his envy thank you all so much for listening subscribing uh to wherever you listen to us whether it be apple podcasts spotify the various podcast platforms uh, please also follow us on all of our social media including tiktok instagram twitter and facebook uh, and be sure to let a friend know that we are a podcast talking about all things gay all things envy All things on television, and we are going to spend this episode talking about all things Bravo. And uh, really exciting uh, coming up next week, we're returning
1: to our one episode a week format. (laughs) Jesus Christ, like we are enjoying all the lovely television that we are getting to consume, and we are enjoying bringing it to you every week. But a bitch be tired. I am up to like four o'clock in the morning, editing these episodes on Thursday nights. And uh, I'm glad that I don't have to also do that on Friday night um, to give you your Saturday episode uh, next week. I still do that this week. So appreciate your editor um, and your producer. Um, Maybe leave a rating or review to, say,
2: to <laughs> <laughs>
0: show lovely, your appreciation. <laughs> lovely
1: comments. that That's what makes us pop up in the algorithm. Um, but next week we don't have Drag Race. Drag Race is done. Uh, We are talking about the finale this week of Ultimate Girls Trips. Uh, My English ran out the door. Ultimate Girls Trip. There it is. um, The finale of Ultimate Girls Trip is also this week, and we'll be talking about that this episode. Um, So next week we won't have that to talk about. We will have Survivor, we will have Jersey, and we will have uh, Vanderpump Rules. Um, That's next week, but this week. This week, we're still going to talk about Girls Trip. We've still got a a good discussion on Vanderpump Rules. Oh, my God, this shit hits the fan this week. Mm -hmm. Um, But but before we get to any of that, we got to go up to Ireland,
0: talk to our girls from Jersey. We're over in Jersey. Uh, I had some thoughts on this episode. Um, I think we're, I I mean, I think we'll get into it in terms of things. It starts really great. I will say this. The episode starts really great. Uh, because they're continuing the sort of pub crawl. Well, they're starting the pub crawl, really, had right. right dinner. Um, and they they start going on the pub crawl. This is like fun. Like, this is the fun shit that's been missing from Jersey, I think, for a good while. And I think more of that, please. Um, they're walking and Jen Fessler at one point almost eats shit. <laughs> it was great. She she just gets up
1: and very sternly goes, that did not happen. They, she goes,
0: <laughs> walk. <laughs> Keep walking. Um, But they go to uh, these bars. Um they get into um they talk about how Jackie's such a you know such a drinker and stuff like that, and we've seen in past seasons her ability to sort of put down her her beer uh and so she basically gets into like Guinness drinking contests with other patrons in the bar- in the bar um she like she chugged one where it was very um. <laughs> impressive but also ended up looking ex- very suggestive at the end i
1: expect that screen cap to have a brazzers logo on <laughs> it any second
0: very much and even melissa's like she's like that real college girl who can just open your open her mouth if you know what i mean
1: which is odd considering the stories we've heard anyway
0: continue i mean famously uh evan does not get blowjobs so it, it yeah the I was just not going to name it but we can say mention, it all. mention it all it's, it's fine. fine. Um Jennifer even chugs one of her own uh which uh was impressive but she's she's like I just want to stick to tequila like um which is fair but tequila in Ireland come on. Well, we'll get to it later about how I thought they were making some interesting choices in terms of uh uh devouring certain things but well i mean
1: but dublin is very diverse it has a lot of there's a lot of different sure. we'll, people yeah, we'll, in dublin well yeah it's we'll, like any major city if you're gonna have a, a a vast array of cuisines and cultures to partake in sure
0: um i love at one point they're just like where's jen fessler and then they cut to her just chugging her beer, like it was it was really good like the editing was fun like it felt like everyone was having fun and at a certain point like like she oh because she chugs it and but like half of it gets on her shirt and so they're like oh god it's like a wet t-shirt contest and then teresa and her just start throwing drinks on each other in this bar jeez
1: like i i will say this like like you said it felt so fun It felt so light. I felt like these nine, nine women. Jesus Christ, is a lot of people. Um, But I really felt like these nine women enjoyed each other's company, at least in this moment, you know, when they were able to just let everything else go and just have fun. And it it was really refreshing. It was really nice.
0: Yeah. And I love them all being like when they get into the Sprinter van or whatever to go home, and they're like, oh, God, after party when we get back to the castle, cut to like 30 minutes later and they're passed out. (laughs) Every last one of them's passed out in the van. It's great. It's really good. So we wake up the next morning as everyone's getting ready. Um, Melissa says that she took all the pictures down off the wall in her room because she, again, we've talked like she's like before. They look creepy.
2: Or
1: which girl? I get it. I don't want some old dead people staring at me from the
0: walls. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. Um, Margaret is wearing a, a t shirt that just says endorsed on it, which apparently she got printed up. Which like, I mean. To be
1: fair, at breakfast, she does um, offer to get Jen her own set of those pajamas.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jen, Jen like, I thought Jennifer took it in stride. Yeah.
1: Here's the thing. Margaret will do teasing, but she will always, uh, either during or after the fact, will always include the person being teased in on the joke. Sure. That's what I like. That's what I like about her and why I... I think give her maybe passes when maybe she shouldn't get them. But I I feel like she's at least at the end of the day is good hearted. And that's, that's why I really enjoy Margaret.
0: Yeah. They go down for breakfast and they're, they're and real... I
1: love when she pushed, uh, what's his face into the pool. That was that, great.
0: That's always good. The, <laughs> we, we'll never, we'll never have a problem with that. Um, they start talking about like, cause they, I guess they have blood pudding or whatever at the thing. And like, th- I don't think it's that weird, like I feel like you know you you've eaten worse, it's fine also I, white it's it's white has, american shit meat has blood in it, like
1: what do you what do you, you eat steak what are you bitching about like come like, on
0: like do you do you cook your steak well done like come on um, even then, the blood is
1: still in there, you just can't see it all those juices that's blood,
0: yeah, it's blood Um. Uh, <laughs> Rachel and well, Rachel's talking about sort of how her and Danielle, even though they've had issues, at least bonded laughing at Jen Fessler almost falling. Um, and we do see it like they were like, all, like falling onto each other, like laughing, essentially. Um, and then Melissa basically tells Rachel about Danielle calling her a rat at Envy, And I love she says it. And Dolores pulls like the biggest, like shocked face because uh, like, they the keep playing it. It like it's almost it's like calling someone to see you next Tuesday to call them a rat. Apparently in in Jersey, like it's like
1: I mean it, it's it's more of an Italian thing, but yeah, it's it's it, it comes from like the mob and stuff like that. Yeah, like you you don't rat out the mob that and you end up with cement shoes like that sort of thing. Sure, like so, call, accusing someone of being a rat is like putting a death sentence on their head almost.
0: Yeah. And Rachel basically says that Danielle going around and talking shit um, instead of actually having a conversation with her is rap behavior, so... I mean, it... Uh. <laughs> we'll get to it. I... Uh. But the, this great Rachel had a great line, though, because Danielle then shows up uh, and starts getting breakfast and they're she's like, oh, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's blood pudding or whatever. And Rachel goes, I heard it's rat blood. <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> that was a good like that was a good dig. And it was timed well. And Danielle, like you could tell, like, you know, and
1: the producers were on point with that edit. It was perfect.
0: Yeah. Um. And then we get into this fight again. Uh, Danielle was basically like, you ran through a laundry list and Rachel saying she didn't. And Danielle was like, it was a two way conversation. Um, I think the issue I had also was like the way they were all seated also at the table. This felt like exactly deja vu, deja vu from last week. It was the same fight in the same like space with the same people making the same points And I was like, oh, my God, guys, like that. That was a bit of my issue with this episode, because it also keeps going later where it's just like it feels like you're having the same fight over and over again at this point.
1: Yeah, but I mean, this is you've got to figure it's a cash trip. So what is feeling like the next week for us is literally just the same argument still happening it's just it's the next day it's sometimes not even the next day yeah you know so i it's still fresh for them even though it's old for us
0: and like it's just like i feel like mix it up a little bit like i i think if you can keep it a little more fresh because then naturally you if you have issues with people you're gonna get in the same fights but it's like i think because jersey is so like divide clearly divided on lines yeah that it's just like okay guys like really um Rachel basically says that, well, Danielle threw Teresa and Jennifer under the bus to Margaret at the baseball game. So what's the difference? Um, And then Margaret's basically is like, you going around and saying saying stuff when I helped you with your bougie kids company by getting you new logos or whatever the fuck. And we see like a flashback to her, like helping her with that. Um, It gets heated and like what, like Dolores is trying to like at least like allow Danielle to talk or whatever. Like Dolores is kind of like clapping back at Margaret. Um, And Margaret basically asks her straight up if she thinks she has an arsenal and Danielle essentially shrugs and she says that, well, I think, you know, things about people like which I don't think is wrong. Like, again, they're they're hung up on this word arsenal, which is just like,
1: again, it's like I understand it's the characterization arsenal is implying that she's using these things as weapons and it is an intent and a negativity around it, as opposed to the way that Margaret sees things, is that she just knows things because she's a gossip. Like it has nothing to do with collecting things with the intention to weaponize them later. She just knows things because people tell her things. It, it, sure,
0: yeah, yeah. I, and there's I, there, there, it, there it, there's
1: a th- maliciousness that she's like. That's not who I am, and that's not how I want to be characterized. So I get I get what she means. I mean, I feel like it's getting blown out of proportion, but I also feel like if somebody were to just say that, hey, I feel like the word arsenal, like I I get it. I do hear things about people and sometimes I do dig things out because it's fun to, you know, just know all the things, but it's not always because I want to use it against somebody. It's not because I'm trying to hurt somebody or tear them down. It's just because I'm a gossip. Sure. Yeah, and I yeah. I think if she were to say that and explain that that's how she feels, maybe then people would understand that that's what she means. Because I do think she
0: wants to give the impression that like there's none of that, and I think there there isn't none of it. I think I think there's that distinction that you're making though. I I I think think
1: it's a these are things that I know, and if you come at me, I will not
2: be hesitate to to
1: use them. But that is not why they're there. It's like. I have knives in my kitchen to cook with. I don't have them to stab somebody who attacks me, but if you attack me, I will
0: use the knives I have on hand. Yeah. Like, it's that. So, and then Jennifer is basically saying that, basically, it feels like there's a pattern at this point. And uh, Danielle uh, basically thinks uh, Margaret... Calling her Because Margaret calls her a shit talker or whatever, and she says that's basically her deflecting or whatever. Because Danielle is also basically thinking, like, well, in the back of my head, I know what Jennifer told me about this Melissa right. stuff. And so that I think that's maybe, whether intentional or not, it's probably revving Danielle up a little bit to, like, sort yep. of, like, there might be fire to this, like, you know, vibe. Um, we didn't talk about. I guess Laura, the ex friend, went on a podcast with uh, with Kim D of all people. Which, like, I love. Uh, like, I'm not saying it's like I'm. I'm looking at this objectively and trying to like discern things, and I'm not like putting doubt that anything could be possible in certain things. I don't think it lends to your validity when you go on a podcast with Kim D. Yeah. It does. To me, like I would rather just go like, go on an independent, go to the guy who fucking exposed the Robin. uh, Yeah. Juan's mistress. He seems credible enough. Like talk to him. (laughs) Like go on fucking
1: radio. Andy, go on Andy's podcast. (laughs) Go on, go on, watch what happens live. Like if you have information Andy will talk to you. Yeah. But the thing is is that when you ooh, the word came to my mind cavort. When you okay. cavort with these nefarious uh people from Jersey like Kim D who has done nothing but try to say and do anything to get and be relevant on this show. Right. Since season
0: 1. It's, okay. just a tr- it's just not it's not a good choice. Like, like it's not a good like thoughtful choice to like lend to credibility. I think and and that's not to say it's
1: it makes you look thirsty. It makes you look like you want to be on the show. And if you want to be on
0: the show, go talk to Andy. Well, apparently Andy's never seen her tape. <laughs> Remember that oh, yeah. yeah, Melissa, yeah. Um which by the way they're filming the reunion as we speak, apparently and apparently. So, I'm sure it'll get intense and stuff like that. Um, so, oh, Dolores is basically like, guys, we got to stop fighting. (laughs) Like, we got to get ready to go shopping. Like, Dolores is like, move on. Like, we're done. Dolores is their Pepsi. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) Um, they go into the Sprinter van. Um, Margaret, oh, well, Margaret also said that she was trying to get this, like, hot Irish guy to dance with Teresa at one point when they were, when they were going out on their bar crawl or whatever. Um, uh, Melissa then says that Joe, like, if that happened, Joe would get jealous and be like, what you do, you dirty whore, like, joking. But then they cut straight to Danielle and Teresa, who are looking like. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I, mm, I feel
1: like the mentioning of this on the show at the time that it was mentioned was specific. And it was, like, pointed and it was orchestrated. And it just, it feels Very much like they're trying to make Danielle the person that's the bad guy Mm. in all of this by putting all of this in her head. And then making her the talking head in confessionals because you notice how Jen doesn't really talk about it in confessionals and Teresa hasn't talked about it in confessionals. Well,
0: Therese, like, Teresa, I understand in the sense that, like, by, at least at this point, if everything is to what words should be believed, Teresa taking it to the grave. She's not talking about it, like, in a wider sense.
1: Right. But, but the thing is, is that they would
0: at least show the producers asking her the question. Maybe. I I feel like we I feel like we could get that at some point. It's gonna I don't a...
1: know. It just it seems very much like this is an orchestrated thing and how they are trying to use Danielle as the catalyst to expose this
0: no, I know I get What's that.
1: What very yeah. much feels like a lie at this point about Melissa. Sh- you make a face. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So we don't. We don't have proof either way. But no, to me I, it's, it, it's proof, all alleged. Right. To me, proof neither way means innocence.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that, and I and, and that's my belief. So until I have definitive
1: proof that she's guilty, she's innocent. That's how my brain works.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's just like when Joe was vacationing for during Teresa's wedding and girls were taking body shots off of him. I don't. Maybe it's that same vibe. I don't know. I don't know what they were like.
1: Look, I don't put cheating past Joe. Sure. I don't think Melissa would. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see.
0: That sounded. I don't mean it to sound like I think something's gonna happen.
1: Cancel my husband. Sorry, everyone. Cancel him. No. (laughs) Alleged. 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 Don't sue us! Don't sue us! Don't sue us! We don't have money, so suing us would be pointless.
0: Basically, um, and then we get so we also get some more backstory on Jen Fessler, which again, it's I was telling you this. It was like it feels like they filmed Jen at Fessler as if she was a full time housewife. Yeah, and it feels like they were doing the Sutton thing where they like tested her for a season.
1: I didn't even realize that Sutton wasn't a housewife the first season. She
0: was a, a very much supposed to be, and I think something happened where like they downgraded her to friend out of the first season, but then like. But like why? What? Like, just pay her. <laughs> the, like the minute she fucking told Teddy that she thought she was gonna be boring, like that should have been en- enough knowledge to you to yeah. go with her. Um but yeah, Jen uh talks about like that she was separated from Jeff for a period. Um because he had cheated at one point after like seven years of being together. Um and but they eventually like came back together, like uh,
1: So the whole story though is fascinating because they he cheated, right? Mm-hmm. They separated. Both of them are in separate relationships while they're going through this divorce. Then they
0: start cheating on their boyfriend and girlfriend (laughs) with each other. Yeah. She says she was going to like, uh, like she, that she was basically saying that she was going to like mediation or whatever. And then, but when she would do, she would meet up with Jeff at Chili's or whatever. She specifically said Chili's, which is like, so like, Uh, it's, uh, I love her. Of course it's Chili's. Um, and like, yeah. So it's like, I th- and Teresa. Teresa also is like, you know, I sees a lot in Jen Fessler. I've and I've noticed, and it's like, you know, it was all meant to be. And you know, you conquered this whole like, you know, thing in your life. I told you, I was like, I think to ter- like, it's so clear who Teresa fucks with and who she doesn't fuck with on the show. Yeah, like she like if she doesn't fuck with Jackie, she doesn't fuck with Melissa to a certain extent, Margaret. Like, she, she's very interested whenever Jen Fessler speaks. Yeah. And, like, I feel like she could be friends with Jen Fessler and, like. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I really like
1: about Jen Fessler and Dolores, for the most part, is that neither of them really get into this tribal mentality. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the people on this show tend to have the people that they don't. Like you said, the, there's people you, that they fuck with, and there's people that they don't fuck with, and the people that they don't fuck with are like, God, why are you breathing like that? That's so annoying. How mm. could, how dare you do that? And that has to be pointed. Like you have to be purposefully doing that to annoy me. Like, and we all have people like that in our yeah. lives, right? That that we dislike to the point of every little minute thing that they do, we are convinced is meant to irritate you (laughs) you are convinced that it is meant to be a dig in your direction everything like this whole cast is that way yeah and it's all towards each other and i really appreciate that jen fessler is not like that she will call out her friends and she'll be friendly with her enemies
0: in the moment. And is that like, like she's w- not willing, she's willing to take things, but not use it as a complete indictment on someone's character. Right. And to like be, like, take good and bad, like you were saying, take good and bad from somebody and like s- see the bigger picture. She I
1: recognizes think. the entirety of someone's person.
0: Yeah. And that's. That makes for a good housewife. It makes for a
1: really good housewife and a better show, I think, because it means that, you know, these. You don't get this tribalism that is so exhausting. Instead, you get something that is dynamic. You get arguments that end up with different divisions and different um, people aligning to each other than you've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And that is what is really, really fun to watch. Um, it's something that I like that happens a lot on Survivor. And um, I wish that that sort of thing happened more, especially on Jersey, because this is such a good group of women and it's big. You could have all these different lines drawn in different directions on different topics and it'd be extremely dynamic and exciting and new. Yeah. Uh, But we just don't get that because everybody's like, I hate you. Everything you do is awful.
0: Um, Dolores also, cause the topic of that infidelity comes up and Dolores also brings up sort of her stuff about how she was nine months pregnant with a three year old also who when right. basically Frank lied to her face about cheating on her and that he, she could essentially smell her on him. Like, yeah. He, and, that's just, yeah, woof. Yeah. And so, and then everyone's sort of like, everyone except for Teresa sort of in agreement that infidelities aren't deal breakers. They they say and Teresa's like, no, like, that would have, like, and Teresa's even said that, like, if I knew for a fact that Joe, Joe Judice was cheating on me, I would have divorced him. Like, yeah. so, um, and then Margaret talks about still staying close with her ex-husband, even though she was the one that cheated, obviously. And I, w- I got confused because she was talking about him in the present tense, because I do know he passed away, but I think that was... This was filmed before that. This
1: was filmed in the late summer. He
0: passed in, in like August. O-
1: August or October, September, somewhere in there.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And it was like, yeah, kind of jarring in that sense. Um, Dolores uh, basically, uh, and Dolores also said that she told Frank that he, she would drop it completely if he had promised to stay faithful and he wouldn't promise her that. Yeah. And so that's, and I get it. Like, like. Well, and it,
1: it speaks a lot to, Um, this is more, I I guess you could say it's the positive side. It could also be viewed as the negative side of that family importance within Italian culture. Mm.
0: Because she also talks later about how, like, it was also important for kids. Right. Like that.
1: And I, I think that it's important to keep a family unit together if you can make it work. And everybody's going to feel valued and heard and all of that. Um, But I, and I don't think infidelity is a deal breaker in a relationship. I think that it can be a mistake as long as it's not a pattern. And, and as long as there's honesty around it, I I don't, I think that that is a good idea to have. Mm. It's very different in practice. It's very different in that moment when you're feeling hurt, when you're feeling invalidated, when you're feeling lied to and betrayed to be able to say, no, I'm going to put that aside. We have a family. We have children. We still love each other. This was a one-time mistake. It's never going to happen again. We can fix this. That is such a... like, well, it's, a mature well, it's, mindset to have. It's what Jennifer and Bill did. Right. Like, so,
0: like, it can... It's it's possible, like you said. But, like, it's not the... Like you said, it's not the easiest. It's but, like... And I,
1: I also do want to say that even if that is the case, if you want to leave that marriage, that is still valid. Yeah. Because you still have every right to never trust that person again. And... You know, it's going to be different in every situation. Even if it's the same marriage and it's a second instance, it's a different situation. You know, so it's never, there's never a one one solution fits all. And um, I think judging, especially judging a woman for staying in a situation like that or not staying in a situation like that, whatever is right for her in that moment should be respected.
0: Yeah. Um, And then Teresa starts to sort of tell her story about, well, and she said she told her story about going to jail and you noted immediately like, oh, wait, she said the word jail. Yeah. She normally never calls it jail. She Usually calls,
1: it's going away or yeah. I went away or when I was away. Like they love that euphemism.
0: So, yeah, that was really interesting. And then she talked about like what we see, obviously, about the resentments that she built towards Joe after her mom died and like, mm-hmm. the time that she lost, etc., etc., um, but she says that her and that her and Louie love Joe and that they have a good relationship and that they stay close because of the kids and which I think is good. Like I think that's healthy. I think Teresa and Joe weren't in a healthy marriage by any means. No. St- I mean, based on everything we've seen, but that doesn't mean that like yeah. I like, like you can have an unhealthy marriage and still be friends at the end of the day. Yeah. And still or or condone each other, even if it's yeah. just that. Like I I don't think there has to be this like anger. Yeah. Um but then we get into okay. So then Rachel, uh, basically, asks a question to Teresa about whether Teresa's kids and Melissa's kids are close. And this is where we. Oh get boy. Into, and this is where we get into it. So then Teresa's, Teresa basically says, "Well, they were really close, but you know, Antonia didn't go to Melania's party, and th- there's
1: she didn't even get to finish what she was saying because the second that she starts, the second that, that Antonia's name comes out of her mouth." Melissa pops up and, and is she's like, like,
0: don't bring up her name in a negative light. Like,
1: yeah, it's like, she wasn't, she just was stating what happened.
0: I also don't think like, the like she's Antonia not, Antonia didn't come. She's not blaming Antonia. Like, like right. she's blaming you. Like, which you could be mad about maybe, but like, like it's, and you were saying like, I remember when we were discussing it, you were like, well, Melissa clearly wants to hear like a certain like nuance take. And like, that's not Teresa's voice. Like, you know yeah. what Teresa, like it could sound like it might be abrupt or whatever, but like there's a larger point that Teresa is trying to get to and making and that she's not doing it to just like. Yeah. I, like, I, and we
1: know that Teresa doesn't do metaphors. So like, no. <laughs> so it's not like we should be expecting her to speak in metaphors either. Yeah. Like let her finish her statement. And let then her drag fi- her. If you need to drag her after the fact, Fine, but let her get every because she's going to talk in a circle, and eventually she's going to get to where she was going. Yeah, Like, she always gets there if you just let her go, and I think too many people cut her off assuming what she's going to say and assuming well, what she means by what she says.
0: Particularly Melissa and Joe. Like, I think but that's, I mean, they but also that's been built up that, over
1: time. Right, they've been trained to believe that that's where she's going, and if we want to believe that teresa's heading in this other direction which maybe like we've had evidence in both columns for that yeah um but if we want to believe that that um teresa is trying to better herself and trying to be a, the best version that she can of herself then we have to let her get there we can't just cut her off of the knees the second that she she slips a little bit she didn't even fall over She just lost her footing, let her get back, get on her path, let her speak, let her do her thing, she'll get to the point, which you get to the point, then go, that point was fucked up, let me tell you why. Yeah. But don't like cut her off because then you don't actually know what she's trying to say. Right. Because at the end of the day, I don't think she was blaming Antonia. I think she was saying, look, you could have gotten her there if you wanted to. And then Melissa had a good point. Eventually she said, no, she was all the way in Pennsylvania. We could not have gotten because they live in North Jersey.
0: That's like an hour and a half, I think, sure. drive
1: from the west side of PA. And
0: then Melissa, so like, Melissa basically then says, like, well, oh, you know, Gabriella didn't go to Gino's communion. As, as, uh, and then Teresa's basically like, well, this isn't tit for tat. like." And then Teresa in her confessional, like, basically says, like, you know, I would never, like, disparage Antonia. I wouldn't call her disrespectful like Joe has called Gia.
1: Which that is, that is a good point. He has called her disrespectful, and I do think that it is um, very uh, patriarchal of him, but that's not new, um, for him to um, insist that the kids always be respectful of the adults, even when the adults are being disrespectful in a certain regard to the kids. Right. And I think that that was Gia's point. Like, if you go back and watch that argument, Gia's point was, you're disrespecting my dad in front of me is disrespectful to me. So I need you to stop doing that.
0: Right. And like you were saying, it's like a, it's, it was all based around this concept of like, I'm your uncle, therefore you can't talk back to me. And it's like, right. She's 20. Like, stop. Like, you're not, like, it's ridiculous. Um, and then Teresa basically says like, look, also I- she's
1: studying law. Of course she's argumentative. Sure. Also she's Teresa's, she's Teresa's child. <laughs> of course she's argumentative.
0: Um, and Teresa basically like, you look, I want closest. And then Melissa goes, well, then maybe you should have included me in the wedding. It would help if I was in your wedding and you showed it to show an example of closest. And this is where I'm like, okay, but you, she literally offered you to be in the wedding and you declined. Yes. But
1: she offered. When she was backed in the corner, kind of almost forced to, but so that doesn't like the we are together we are we are family, we are performing as a unit would have been initially inviting her to be in the wedding right, but again this and tr- trying to quote unquote correct it after the fact when it's been pointed out that you've been wrong. Kind of begrudgingly, like, oh, I guess you can be in the wedding. That's fine. Right, But I
0: don't think. But we don't know that that's what it was. Like to me, like in the time I took it as her, her conceding something and giving an olive branch. And but Jen- conceding means I don't want to
1: give you this, but I'm giving it to you anyway. I don't agree. That's I, not family. That's not the way that Teresa and or not Teresa, uh Melissa and Joe would have wanted it to handle be handled, and I don't think the way that they think that they would have handled it themselves. Whether they would he, have or not is besides the point kind of, but the way that they view it is it should have been from day 1, and that's the insult. So just offering it at this point is not the solution. It should have been, I should have asked you from day one. I'm sorry. Will you please
0: be in our wedding? I just think like Jennifer's brought up the point too, which I agree with, which is like, I don't think like, again, I think Melissa has set a ridiculous standard inadvert- inadvertently or not of everything Teresa does is to save face or because she's backed into her corner or for whatever reason. And for that reason, she can't improve. And like, you can't then be mad that she didn't offer an olive branch to you when you are taking any olive branch and breaking it. Right. Like that, like, like, cause the exact words were if it would help if I was in your wedding and you showed an example of closeness. It's like, so then she can't like, you're saying like, what you're saying there is you want to make a change. You want to improve things. Then you should have done something to improve it. She did. She attempted to.
1: But my my point is, is that usually when Teresa concedes something, it's never with an apology and an admittance of doing wrong in the beginning. It's no, of us- course not. It's usually a, well, fine, we'll just do it this way. As opposed to, I was wrong. I should have done it this way. I'm sorry I hurt you. This is what... And yes, I get that that's not how Teresa... And I feel like I see both sides of this because you can't expect that from Teresa because that's not how Teresa communicates, but also that's literally a baseline of just respectful communication. So it should not be out of the realm of what we expect from other people. Like we should be able to expect a genuine apology an admittance of wrongdoing and a moving forward. Like, but we are putting Teresa on this platform like she is not going to be held to that standard because that's just not how she communicates.
0: Yeah. Um so they they get out and they go shopping. Um Melissa basically is like the, the fight's not on me essentially. Jackie in her confessional then goes, look, all I said was Gia's name and she went apeshit on me. That's not really, as much as I yeah. defend you, Jackie, on that, about the me- that you were using a metaphor, you didn't simply just say Gia's name. You said that you saw Gia doing coke in the bathroom as a metaphor, yes, but you said more than simply her name. Like, yeah. it just you didn't just say Gia's name and she called you a CU next Tuesday four times. Like, that's not what happened. Um... Oh, and then there was this moment where Teresa's... Like, they're going shopping, and Teresa spots, like, a pineapple... Some kind of, like, pineapple trinket. And she t- asked the store clerk, like, how much is 80 euros in English? Jeez. <sighs> um, So, they're all talking. Um, uh, Je- Well, Jennifer also says that she's basically relieved that someone now knows how dangerous Margaret can be. And that um, she's not going to let the le- uh, Teresa know that she told Danielle, essentially. Um, Melissa... Um, is talking to Margaret at one point. And Melissa basically says that, like, you know, yes, Rachel asked the question, but like the way I would have answered it by it was just by saying, like, you know, they love each other. It's like okay, but if there's issues, like, don't like Teresa's defense later is like, like, if you're gonna ask me a question, I'm gonna give you the honest answer. Yeah, and I agree. Like, do you want like? do you want to present an image or do you want to actually like talk about what's happening? That's, that's my thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Melissa brings up that she had that conversation with Antonia in the car, um, about, you know, not letting the stuff get to them as, as, uh, uh, cousins and that Teresa, uh, you know, she's, she jokes at one point, like, well, Teresa's eventually going to go, Oh, little Joey looked at me the wrong way. It's like, uh, Okay. It just feels like everything's getting amped up. um, So, and, and then Jennifer's t- talking to Danielle and is basically saying that there's a lot of resentment and anger built up and that Teresa, you know, would die. She, this is where she's also bring, with the whole rumor. Teresa would basically, she's like, Teresa would die to say, I know what you are, but she can't because she's always protecting them and protecting the family dynamic. So that's, Jennifer's basically saying, Teresa wants to preserve something. She doesn't want it to completely self-destruct. So she's hiding her true feelings about Melissa and she's trying to like,
1: well, and considering that that is an argument that Teresa herself has made now makes it seem like Teresa's in on this thing. Like they're trying to set up this narrative and Teresa's in on it. And this is why it's so frustrating like all we're getting is the narrative we're not getting what actually happened so I, I just it's hard to judge from out here what's actually happening and what's the truth of all of this because all we get is bullshit sure
0: um melissa basically says she wants to tell truth- like she brings up the whole like her cutting off Kathy and Rosie a couple, however many seasons ago, Mm -hmm. basically like cutting the cancer out. And Melissa basically says like, she's at the point where I basically want to tell the same thing to her. Okay. Um, the girls then I honestly, like, I'm just kind of like, then do it. (laughs) Like, I like, like I'm just over it. Like, you guys don't like each other. There's the, like you shouldn't be in a relationship. Anymore. I've said
1: many times before. The only way they're going to move forward is everybody just forgets everything that happened in the past. We start brand new today with blanket apologies, and we move forward. Yeah, There or nobody's going to be willing to do that,
0: or you don't move forward, and but, that's
1: okay. Right? Like, well, and that's my second point is that nobody's willing to do that so the only other option is you cut ties walk opposite directions and never see each other again yeah you know i mean those are your options pick one
0: yeah um the girls then uh sit down to get lunch uh, after their are shopping um there was it? melissa brings up goblins at one, like something about goblins in ireland and i think she means like leprechauns like i there was and margaret was like Teresa and Melissa, they're not as different as you think, like, in terms of, like, <laughs> basically that like, is a bit of a ditz as well. Um, they talk about, so uh, the, the topic of what, uh, uh, that Paul's basically discussing marriage, po- the possibility of marriage mm-hmm. with Dolores. And Dolor- you can tell Dolores just, like, lights up about it, and she's really excited that, like, finally she has someone that will, like, commit to her.
2: Finally it's happening.
0: <laughs> we don't have the rights for that talk. Um, and, and Dolores basically says that she officially moved in with Paul um, fully. Um, Which means she lives in New York. She's no longer New Jersey housewife. Yeah. It, but, well, yeah, but like... I, I'm kidding. No, yeah. Um, it, it, space is irrelevant. <laughs> um, they talk about also like the ship names of everyone. Like, so there would be Paul and then there's Lurisa and Billifer. I don't Billifer's, know if I like any of those. Billifer's, Billifer's is, the
1: closest to acceptable.
0: What's the... What was the... Um, Benifer was the, clo- like it's similar. Yeah, I
1: didn't like that one either. Jill would be better than Billifer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, the t- I forgot who someone tries to like bring up, like ask Melissa if she's okay after the van fight. And she's basically like, I'm not bringing it up at the table. As, and is essentially like, I have nothing to prove in this, uh, thing or whatever. They get back to the castle. Um, and then Melissa then calls Joe and then like s- tells her, tells what happened. Um, Joe basically says that is a hypocrite and she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um and then Melissa's basically like, Well, my after all this, it's like my soul is saying that we shouldn't go to the wedding. And then Joe goes, You know, you know what Teresa's goal at the end of this is to push us to not go to the wedding so then that we look bad. I th- and I, we, Teresa's not that
1: smart. We talked about it. I think that um I think that saying she's trying to push us to not go to the wedding is not outside the realm of the possibility. I don't think... But I don't think that she's doing it in order to make you look bad. I think she's doing it because she doesn't want you at her wedding. It's not
0: 3D chess. Yeah. She doesn't like you guys. (laughs) Like, she doesn't really want you in the wedding. Like... I mean, as much as
1: it was inappropriate to say, Jennifer was right. They were invited because of obligation.
0: Yeah, fully. And, like, you know... I I don't know. Like I have a a decent enough relationship with all my family. Well, no, no, not all of them. I have some distant, <laughs> I have some distant uncles and you know, the, yeah. Um, but like I don't know. Like obviously we've never faced anything like severe to like cause a, fr- a friction like in the stuff that they're facing. But like I maybe it's the millennial in me. But I'm like, if you have to- if you feel you're in toxic areas and you're in toxic spaces. It's fooling your right to get out of them.
1: Yeah. I, I will I will pull out them pruning shears and we will start clipping that family tree. Do not tempt me because I've done it before and I will do it again.
0: But that's where it's like the, I've talked about it too with you. It's like the fluctuation I feel with Joe and Melissa, that it's kind of like we're done, but we're not. Yeah. And, and I I don't blame viewers for seeing that and thinking that the fluctuation is coming from a fact of like, well, God, if we end this, like, are we going to end up like Kathy and Rosie and not be on television anymore? Well, like,
1: I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily that, but I do think that it's a, we're done, but we're on this show together, so we're kind of forced to not be done, but we're done.
0: Sure. But the, and but that's the thing. We've talked about it. Like, the way that Housewives is structured, one of them's got to go.
1: Yeah. There's well, no way I, to, like... I also hate that nobody can mention that. Yeah. It's like, in a... In a post bravo bravo fucking bravo world right where we've had that call out of the fourth wall mm-hmm. like who gives a shit just say it just and within a world where ultimate girls trip exists and the fourth wall does not exist like we acknowledge that um just call it out be like look we're on this show together so like i have to see her but i don't want to be anywhere around her. I don't really care. I'm on this cast trip because I'm contractually obligated to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Call it out. Um the ladies then go out to dinner. And this is where I was talking before. Like they go to an Asian tapas plate. This is what I'm just like I feel for the most part if you're going on an international vacation, I would want to eat the food of the area. Like I like I can get Asian tapas fucking anywhere. Yeah. Like like why would I eat? Like, why go to Ireland for it? Like, to be
1: fair, white people are not known for their extremely great
0: food. Irish food, if you can find, like, Irish food and British food, I've said, get a really fucking bad rap sometimes. I, and I, I, and I, I say this as a white man. I, <laughs> I understand I will that. say
1: that that is possibly true for Irish food, but not necessarily for British food. They spent all that time stealing spices from all over the world, yeah. and they ain't learned to use a damn
0: one. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, I'm just saying. And speaking of like cultural issues, so Jen Jen Fessler hasn't Jen Fessler's trying to order a bon me, but she keeps calling it a Bahami. I, love <laughs> I her. think
1: she was already tipsy at this point. Well, so and, like well, I and get she's it. also
0: feeling herself because she's got like full cleavage out and she's like talking about like this is new for her to have like full like and ter- this is where I was like Teresa and her are getting like Teresa's like taking photos of her to like send she like send these to Jeff or whatever. Teresa isn't that warm to any like yeah. just anyone? She's the fact that she sees something in Jen Fessler, well, I think is I, big.
1: Maybe this is just me being cynical. I think she knows how she's going to read to the audiences.
0: Maybe that too. And she's
1: like, "I know that the audience is not necessarily there are Why haven't super they f- super fans that are for me, but most people are not." And if I'm going to get regain some fans, I need to align myself with someone like Jen Fessler. Jen
0: Fessler, it, it's it would be absolutely crazy if Jen Fessler is not full time next season.
1: Like, Teresa's been on this show for 13 years. Yeah, like she knows what's up. She knows how to play the audiences. Mm-hmm. She may act dumb and may be dumb in a lot of respects. I don't know. Don't know her personally. But she comes across that way on the screen, but she's not that dumb. She I think, can't be that dumb. I
0: think she's um, she's dumb enough to, like, wear Balenciaga and, like, the height of that fucking controversy.
1: Yeah, but unless, but, like, unless you're tuned in to the people who were yelling
0: about that she stuff, has a you bubble. don't know. She has a bubble, but she, I think the point you're making is, like, she has a bubble, but she's understanding within the bubble. Everything outside of the bubble is, like, she's a fucking dance.
1: Maybe. Sure. We'll go with that. Anyway. (laughs)
0: Um, And then the, cause Jen is bringing up her boobs and Danielle said that she used to have tubular boobs growing up. And (laughs) then she said, they look like an eyeball popping out of its socket. It's like, I don't need that much detail. Um, and then Melissa and Jennifer again, are like bonding, like Melissa or Jennifer's like ordering wine or something like that. And she's, and Melissa just like, you know, Jonesing with her and just being like, Oh, you like wine, bitch. Don't you like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, The fact that they're being friendly just seems weird to me. Yeah, it's just, it's not, yeah, it's weird. Um... Uh, they're talking about, like, you know, their amenities or whatever in the castle. And Danielle basically offers Rachel, like, oh, if you don't have a bathroom, you can just use mine or whatever. And Rachel says, I don't know if I should accept it because, you know, since you call me a rat and everything. And then they fight again. And it's the same fucking fight. It's literally yeah. the
1: same fight. But it's because nobody actually explains their side of anything and explains why they're upset in a rational, calm or, voice. Or Everybody just screams at each other. Or, like,
0: Well, I think Danielle says how she feels. And then Rachel's just like, no. No, and then the, and then Rachel says what happened, and Danielle's like, no, and it's like, yeah, that's fair. You get it's like yes and guys, also like, like like do a little
1: improv. Also, Jennifer and Melissa being nice is again more tangential evidence that this whole thing is orchestrated to make Danielle the bad guy and this stuff coming out. Sure, because it. If Teresa's been protecting them all this time by not saying anything, and Jen is a really good friend now, Danielle becomes the target. She becomes the bad guy. She becomes the villain. Yeah. Not the people who actually did this shit.
0: No, I, I yeah. I'm I, just
1: saying, that's what it looks like to me.
0: Oh, to I, me. I mentioned, like, Danielle basically like cuts Rachel off and says her wrong, that she's wrong, but she says, like, you're wrong. Or she says something <laughs> where it's like you're you were, like, is this fucking Tony the Tiger? What the fuck are you doing? Oh yeah. Yeah, it sounded like you're great, but it was you're wrong. And I yeah. was like, "What are you doing?" And now they're screaming. Are you an umpire? What's going on? They're screaming and like the patrons are looking at them, and so it's like, you know, getting awkward. Um Margaret cuz Margaret's also getting involved in it too uh, cuz it, it's all it, it's like it's also the same formula. It's always Danielle and then Rachel and then Margaret comes in and then Jennifer comes in it's uh-huh. all it's all you know um and then Jennifer basically tells Margaret that not everyone in the world is gonna think you're a saint at the end of the day um and Margaret's like I don't think I don't want expect everyone to think I'm a saint but you're not you make me out to be something that I'm not and Jennifer's like vice versa you said that I'm a drug addict um etc and then Margaret I, this is where I was like okay at least this Margaret apologizes immediately. It's like, yeah, that was wrong of me. I shouldn't have called you a drug addict. Like, you know, I, I can apologize for that. See,
1: this is why I can be team Margaret. Because she admits when she steps in it. Sure. It's and like- she, she's like, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, I did this. I absolutely did. And either I stand by it or I was wrong. But either way, I'm not going to act like I didn't do it. I'm not going to gaslight you. Yeah. Like, I I gotta respect the bitch.
0: Yeah, well, it's like at least someone conceded. It, it was just, yeah. like, oh my god, someone made headway. Like Jesus Christ, thank God. But and Jennifer is still like you're always on me. I'm like, oh, aren't you duplicitous? Or well, she goes on about and you know I, I forgot what. But she ends it by calling Margaret a booger wolf, which.
1: And the entire world pulled out their dictionaries. But she
0: nailed, I mean, she nailed the definition of what she was trying to say.
1: I think she looked up that word oh, beforehand. Oh, 1,000%. <laughs> she well, was like, what SAT word can I pull out in this? I'm
0: going to prove I'm smart. <laughs> and Rachel makes a good point of just being like, normally if you want something to land, it should be something that everyone knows. Like, Yeah. like yeah. And Melissa literally reads the definition at the table. Um, yeah. And then li- it literally ends with Jen Fessler unbuttoning her top and going, guys, that was so fun. And, like, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> um, so that was Jersey. I thought it was okay. I, but there, There's still some issues. Like, there, yeah. there's structural issues that need to be addressed. Hopefully after this reunion, like, you know, sh- switch things up. A lot of it will be solved by just making Jen Fessler a full-time housewife.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think nine is too many people. Yeah. Too many voices. I mean, like cut a little bit of the fat even though fat does make the meat taste better you don't need that much fat just Mm. just trim a little uh,
0: just a little bit off yeah 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 um so that was jersey for the week we're going to take a quick commercial break and when we come back oh boy we are getting into vanderpump rules for this week do not go anywhere
1: Support Survivors Know by shopping
0: today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for
2: social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com.
1: Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's head on over to Hollywood.
0: Vanderpump Rules. You mentioned it earlier that this is where, again, like if they didn't post edit this, like this is where this where stuff starts emerging. That like,
1: and I think this is what um, Schwartz was alluding to when he was talking about them starting to get quote unquote brazen and them starting to to flaunt their affair. Yeah, even though nobody knew about it, this is where they start making all of the obvious choices.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. So so let's get in. We start with like going sort of around to uh different places. Sheena and Brock are writing thank you cards uh for their wedding. Um we go over to James and Allie's <laughs> and uh, the topic comes up about whether Raquel and Schwartz are actually going to be an item or something like that. And Allie says essentially like I love Schwartz but he's 40 years old and he wears PJs out so I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can we talk about how these rotating quick mini scenes are great for watching it, but awful for reviewing? Yeah. It is very difficult to figure out how we should structure these little, like, quick little vignette things. Um, when we're, when we're bringing this to you guys, uh, I just wanted to call that out. Bravo. Well, it it like, sucks it's, for
0: note taking. Cause I'm always, I, I write like, for example, I'm like, Charlie's taking photos of Raquel in the park and I don't know if it's going to lead to anything. Yeah. But it's like, and then I'm like, oh, well I have that in my notes. That was important to put yeah. down. Um, but then, so then we go to Schwartz's apartment and Katie comes over cause they're doing a dog exchange again. Like we saw it early in the season. Um, and, like, the, the, she gets the dogs together, like, gets their leash and stuff like that. She's just like, yeah, you got their leash, et cetera, yeah. And Schwartz is like, man, I'm just so stressed, you know, with everything with the bar. Like, there have been, like, multiple, like, fires or whatever I've had to put out. And Katie just goes, that sounds awful. Well, see ya. And walks out. It's so good. Such a great power move. <laughs> I, was, I was so fucking proud of Katie this whole episode. Oh, so good. This was Katie's episode. Like... We'll get to it later. There's a moment where I was like, I wanted to give her a standing fucking ovation later. But like this was such a good and you could tell Tom like was like annoyed immediately. And Katie's just like, look, it's great. And it's like, it's great to know that now like this isn't my mess. Like, yeah, what happens with Schwartz and like has nothing to do with me. Like, so I don't have to deal with that. Um, and then Schwartz then calls Tom. And so Schwartz calls Tom as Tom is recording a confessional for the show. Um, and I noted, like, someone on Twitter pointed this out, which I thought isn't a, unf- like, I think is an interesting theory. He calls Tom as he's in this confessional. And Schwartz basically goes, hey, I texted you about, like, a, the carpet thing or whatever. I put it in the cloth, something. And then he immediately starts talking about Katie. Something about fabric. Yeah, and it felt, someone on Twitter was like, didn't that feel, it felt like a code statement. It felt like him warning Sandoval, hey, they're filming me right now. The cameras are on me, so be careful about what you're saying.
1: I would agree with you if Schwartz was that smart. (sighs) I don't know that he's that smart.
0: I mean, yeah, it was it would have been well executed and that's not in Schwartz's playbook, as we see yeah. later. Um, and Schwartz is like, you know, yeah, she was so cold to me or whatever. Look, I did nothing wrong. And and uh Sandoval's like, Yeah, I don't think you did anything wrong either. I mean, we were just all having fun in Mexico. Schwartz so is like, Yeah, we were living La Vida Loca Like <laughs> it's like, Oh god.
1: I would like to go back and figure out what confessional it was he was filming. At that point, because it obviously wasn't the current confessional, right? It was the confessionals from, like, I guess mid season.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually they film like, yeah, they film like once or twice during the season and then they film after filming. Yeah. Like,
1: so. They probably did confessionals for before Mexico, all right before they went to Mexico. Yeah, and and then did confessionals right when they came back for Mexico. And then they'll do another one at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, and I love that Schwartz's confessional goes, He starts by going, look, maybe I'm way off on this, but, and, I, and I'm like, stop you right there. You are off on this uh, way off. You're way off. You are the, the, what you did was fucking wrong. And she, he's just like, I mean, she's more upset than when I actually did cheat on her. So what is the, do you want a prize? Like, I I don't understand what you're saying. like, it's not, a, it's not a confusing puzzle. You guys made a deal. You agreed that you wouldn't sleep or get close or get into a romantic entangling with anyone in the friend group. And then not only did you do that, you flaunted it in front of her face.
1: Yeah. And also, I, I would say, I don't think she's more upset. No, I, I I think she is just as upset, but she is no longer feeling like she has to hide it and feel like she has to baby you and feel like she has to tiptoe around your feelings because somehow your feelings are important when you're the bad guy. Yeah. Um, at this point, she's just letting you have all of it raw and unfiltered. Um, and that just means that she's fucking done and she's cut the ties. And the only ties she has to you anymore are this show and these dogs.
0: That's about it. Yeah. And then Schwartz is like, you know, if, if you and Katie Sandoval, if you and Katie had got married tomorrow, I would be so supportive. Like that's the kind of guy I am. And Sandoval is like, makes a joke of like, well, I hate to break it to you, and then they start laughing, and I'm like, this isn't funny.
1: This is evil, actually. This pissed me off. I was like, in the midst of everything that you know at this point, you know, Schwartz, you know at this point about the affair. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Like, to go along with this joke and let this joke happen and act like it's fucking funny, when you know what he's doing to Ariana, fuck you. Yeah, Like, there is no room for... Allowing for like grace when it comes to Schwartz. He's in on this at this point. He is actively covering shit up at this point.
0: Yeah. Fuck you. fuck you Like <laughs> that. how many times like this episode I was just like fuck you um uh so we go to Charlie and Raquel as I mentioned they were at the park and Charlie is like so Katie took me out to brunch and she told me about what happened in Mexico and honestly I'm kind of disappointed in you like straight up like tells Raquel I think what you did was totally fucking wrong and like I, I really like Charlie. I, do I think too. Charlie is a good head on her shoulders. I'm mad that reportedly she wasn't at the reunion. Like, she, like I think Charlie has so much fucking potential on this show. Yeah, that like she yeah. I I am a big fan, and she basically is like you know you know that was their 12 year er, you know relationship. Anniversary. I think she said wedding anniversary, but it's not wedding. relation you know, 12 yeah. year anniversary. And Raquel's like, well, I didn't need to know that. And well, I don't know the, their anniversary. I don't keep up with that. And also, Katie chose to go on this trip. No, she didn't. You
1: know, she was contractually
0: sure. obligated. Stop trying to stop sure, but with this narrative. That, but why is that an excuse? Why, like, why is that an excuse if she. So on a vacation trip, like. All of the boundaries that she said and all the things that she has said of how it would make her feel uncomfortable and, and, and feel terrible, that goes out the fucking window.
1: Well, the argument is that, well, you can't be mad that this was in front of you when you chose to be in this space. Yeah. We shouldn't have to limit what we do because you decided to be somewhere you weren't invited. Well, we,
0: we go, we, there's a moment later, too, where Raquel clearly has a viewpoint in her head of like, what is considered normal and what's considered like acceptable in terms of this kind of debauchery to put it in a better word. She says something later where I'm like, this speaks to your character. Uh huh. Um, and she, you know, Charlie says like, I wouldn't do that to my worst enemy. There's still a 12 year relationship that you have to respect. I was just like, Raquel's better than that. Uh, and Raquel's like, well, if it makes you feel any better, you know, we're not going to be dating or anything, you know? To me, that's
1: worse. And I know I said this to you um, when we were watching it, but to me, that's worse. Like if you, if there was a relationship there, and there was actual love and emotion, and or at least the beginnings at of least those we'll, things,
0: like what, like we're, we're meant to believe is happening between her and Sandoval. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, if,
1: like at least I would be able to say something to the effect of, while I do think that just like doing this right in front of Katie is disrespectful. I also understand that you can't really help who you fall in love with. Right. And that if there is something real there, then you two need to go to Katie and say, look, I know that this was something that you said you were uncomfortable with, but there's a connection here that we can't deny. And we just, we don't want your feelings to be hurt. If there were considerations, yeah. I think if there was any thought for Katie's feelings, then she would be fine. I think if there was any consideration, because here's the thing. Schwartz has never cared about what Katie thought or felt about something outside of the realm of whether he was going to get in trouble. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And if, if he had stopped for one moment to say, you know, this is going to hurt Katie. Maybe we should go talk to her about this
0: before we pursue it. That's literally all Katie wanted, really. That's all she
1: wanted in a husband. Like, they would still be married if he thought that way, but he doesn't, and so they're not. Yeah. So, like, it just – it's frustrating. It's like – it's just even more, like – Yeah, just the fact that it was just a fling and you were meaning to rub it in her face and you were doing it so blatantly makes it so much worse. That means that there was actual intention to harm her in this. And it was there was no emotion involved other than
0: petty bullshit. Yeah. Um, And she's like, well, you know, and I thought there could be something with swords. But after the sort of like coldness or whatever, you know, I'm not going to be like Debbie Desperado over here and try to pursue it, which I'm oh like, uh, Lala has called her out on a point of just like everything she says is fucking rehearsed and thought through. And like nothing seems natural when she talks. Sorry. I'm just at saying all. Um, And then Raquel is talking about how she's going to go on a date with Oliver because he's coming into town.
1: <laughs> her and Schwartz are on opposite ends of media training. She's had way too much training and mm-hmm. rehearsing things and he has had none. Very that. Honestly, honestly, that's really He doesn't have a thought that goes through his head that doesn't come out of his mouth. And she doesn't let anything out of her mouth without
0: rehearsing it 20 times. Yeah. Um, so we go to Schwartz and Sandy. This whole scene, this was the scene I almost I was the most pissed about, and that's, that's shocking. Um, so the, we go to Schwartz and Sandy's, and they're about to meet with Brett. And Schwartz is going through his phone, and it's also like, oh, look, I posted photos from the wedding, and like, people were commenting like, oh, did you hit that? Like referring to Raquel, because the news had already gotten out about, about you know, Katie and, and all that stuff. Um, and then Schwartz is just like, you know, I'm excited for this meeting. Like, I feel like ever since Mexico, like, I found, like, a newfound sense of, like, optimism and, like, determination.
1: Yeah, because he realized he wasn't going to be the bad guy of the season. Sure.
0: And so, and everybody basically like, well, we know that we can't open on the 31st, even though we spoke it. Schwartz is like, we were going to open on the 31st. We spoke it into existence. It was just so frustrating because he literally calls
1: sandoval out later for only speaking things and not doing anything literally and it's like
0: but what did you do to make that happen well well, that's the thing so brett then shows up and he's like swords is just like I'm, I'm, You know, I'm glad we're back in things, you know, the trip was so restorative, you know, I was in like darkness, my light was dim, it's like, these are just fucking buzzwords, you're not saying anything, yeah. like, this, and this is where I'm, I'm on the side more of Greg and Brett, this is where I'm like, they're just speaking in these like buzzword terminology, and Brett's like, guys, we don't have kitchen staff, <laughs> like, guys, what the fuck are we doing? Now,
1: to be fair... The reason they don't have kitchen staff is because Greg and Brett fired them. Well,
0: no, no, no. wait, 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 hold on. So I watched it back. Well, the- they
1: fired the kitchen manager, the head chef, and then the staff walked out with him. Yeah, so... Which to me means... That the way you handled his firing was fucked up because the staff should not have been walking but, unless you were some unless you did
0: something that they couldn't stand behind. But no, 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 I'm confused. So first, Brett brings up that I guess they're making new because I guess they're still making booths or whatever. It's it's that. Remember when they yeah, first they were, did the walkthrough yeah. of
1: the space? There was like a loft booth that you uh, had to climb a ladder to get
0: to. God. And, and, but they're like the guy, the basically like the guy quit and then like everything like fell apart and then he just quit. And then Sandoval's like, well, did you like offer to like throw more money at him or whatever? And Brett's like, absolutely fucking not. Like that's so, <laughs> that speaks to Sandoval's thinking so much. of just like, well, just give him more money. Oh, cause it's not <laughs> He's his money. such an entitled prick. It's not his money. It's his mother's money. That's why. Um, but that's, but my point of what I was going to say, Sandoval then says, So what do we actually need besides kitchen staff? This is before Brett even brings up firing the kitchen manager. They don't have kitchen staff. They know going into this meeting they don't have kitchen staff. But Brett says that the the staff walked out with him. No, that's not what he says. That's what Sandoval says later to Lisa. Oh
1: I missed that. I thought I I, I, in my brain I I just watched it back
0: today. He's saying a completely different thing after the fact. Okay. That's why I don't fuck with Sandoval, particularly in this case. I think Sandoval is full of bullshit. Oh,
1: you mean he twists facts to work in his favor? I, I am fully He's never done that before. I'm fully shocked.
0: Yeah, I'm fully on Brett's at the if maybe not Greg's, I we've talked about Gre- I'm fully on Brett's side. Brett's yeah. like and Brett's like, I then tells him, like, I had to let the while you guys were doing your while you guys were taking shots and doing all your fucking bullshit. Mexico, I had to let the kitchen manager go because you know, we brought him in to get finesse these this and it just isn't like, like it wasn't delivering on product. And to me, like, like Sandoval keeps trying to make this point of like, well, he's just demanding perfection. It's like, I think Brett's, Brett's, I don't know, Brett. Brett seems like a smart enough guy. Where it's like, if there's not a little bit more salt in this, he's not firing the kitchen manager.
1: Sure, but I will say that that is the way that it is being presented to us. The I, I won't say that that's the way that Brett presented it, but the edit that we get, yeah. Brett says he wasn't able to make the changes to the dishes that we wanted from the tasting. Well, because I. And he wasn't able to get them to where we wanted them. And if that was the only issue, if that, as we were presented, then I do feel like that that's
0: demanding perfection and that's kind of bullshit. Well, my question is it also felt in the sense of like, because I also know with certain, limited I know with certain restaurants. There's one thing to make a good dish. It's another thing when you're putting it on a restaurant menu and you're having to recreate it multiple, like d- do it yeah. over and over again. You have to sort of like lay out a step-by-step process that right. then you can teach to the kitchen staff to recreate it so it looks the same every single time. Right. And I, to me, that's he didn't specifically say this, so I understand. But like that's what it sounded like. That 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 he that, that was the element that was impeding. It. Anyways, it's,
1: it sounded to me more like it was, you know, maybe this could have like, maybe this could be a little different. Maybe you could tweak something here. Maybe you could put a little. Maybe I don't like this garnish on it. And the chef was like, No, that's not what I want for this dish. That's not what I envision for this dish. I'm the chef. Like I have to put my name on these. And then there was just an impasse. And they said, Okay, we'll find more firing you. Sure. Which I think is bullshit a chef has to be treated like an
0: artist. So he was, and so, yeah. So Sandoval then flips out and does his big, like sort of, I'm yelling stick. Uh, and then even in his confessional, he's like, you know, I'm right. I have everything riding on this. I could lose my house. I can lose my mom's retirement. We are a million dollars into this and Brett and Greg, they can pick up and leave and go to another job any minute. It's like, okay, then how about
1: you fucking act like it? How about you stop spending the extra money on your band for right now
0: and focus on the restaurant? Don't shit on Brett and Greg for, like, doing the work that clearly you're not doing and then being mad that they have no stake in it.
1: And, like, I understand you had to go on this Mexico trip. I get it. You're in the wedding and it was a cast thing. I understand. But I don't think anybody would have been mad at you for that if you'd been putting in the work and the sweat equity beforehand. Guess what? If to you make were, f- this work.
0: If you were filming scenes, actually getting Schwartz and Sandys together, they probably would have let you stayed. Production, at least. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, you know... Just because we don't have fresh fucking, you know, fried raviolis or whatever. And Brett gets pissed at this point. He's like, I'm not worried about the fucking ravioli. I'm worried about a guy that can't make anything. And it was giving me very like, it's not about the pasta. <laughs> Literally not about Literally the pasta. not about pasta. And Brett's like, it's not my fault. And basically tells them to like shape up. And he's like, then you guys fucking come in and work with them and do it. Yeah. Like, you could tell Brett's, like, you're not fucking contributing. And then you're blaming me for, like... Well, and the thing
1: is, is that he is directing this all at Sandoval. Yeah. And we, like, we get into it later when the Toms go visit Vanderpump. Right. And talk about this, is that Schwartz very much feels the same way. Yeah. And Schwartz feels like he's been there, and he's been doing all of this work. And the one dropping the ball
0: continually is Sandoval. Yeah. And Sandoval says, like... Look, as long as we're a B plus, it's okay. You know, performers that perform live are stoked if they're a B plus nobody performs at an A plus uh, I, don't, I don't know I don't about think he, you I don't think you perform at an a all Uh
1: I don't even think he performs at a B plus. I've seen videos of his his performances. It's fine um but i I know for me. I have had many performances that feel like the best I've ever performed something. Yeah. So like, mm, maybe don't, accept mediocrity for
0: yourself. Also, what does this say to like the audience that you're projecting this to on this television show? We're a B plus, come to Schwartz and Sandy's. Come to Schwartz and Sandy's, the food's fine. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? Uh, And then Schwartz is like, guys, you know, we gotta, you know, just calm down or whatever. Look, we're closer than we think. And I literally was like, you don't have kitchen staff. What do you mean you're closer than you think? Anyways, and then Schwartz just then goes like, what happened to this? And then, like, puts his hands in. Come on, guys. Come on. And then Brett and them start smiling and being like, yeah, should we go take a shot? Let's go take a shot. And it's just like this, this... speaks to the Like, this is why I hate the men on this show. But because also, Brett... Ariana and Katie could never do this.
1: Yeah. But also, Brett clearly has like this maniacal look in his eye like he's literally on his last thread he looks so funny. not even his last rope not the end of his rope it's the last thread of sanity like there's a a, a, a tick of crazy behind his eyes mm-hmm. and i'm waiting for him to lose his shit and it's going to be beautiful
0: so we go uh, Katie then goes over to Ariana and Tom's house cuz they're uh, Ariana and her are like t- i guess like taste testing sandwiches or whatever uh-huh like doing stuff and we know that the lease is now signed for the place and that they bought out the kitchen fully from yep. the the previous owners. And Sandoval has this confessional where he's like talking about how envious he is of like but he also this is where it pisses me off now. Like everything he does pisses me off now even if it's innocuous. But he like he undercuts them in the confessional he's like you know it's not, it's probably nicer for them, you know, it's small, it's contained, it's easy. It like it felt very like oh, you, you're just doing your little sandwich shop. I have the real business. Like, yeah. It, that, uh, that was just me. And
1: no, then, it, was, it was clearly a dig.
0: Yeah. And then Katie basically tells them about what happened at the dog exchange with, San, with Schwartz. And um, Sandoval's just like, so you're not going to be really friends with Schwartz now after the kiss? And Katie's like, yeah. Yeah. And Sandoval's like, I don't think the makeout was that big of a deal. Well, I'm sure you don't since you're having an affair. This is the most mansplaining bullshit. I'm mean, like, like, I, I ugh. like, and then, like, Katie's like, look, we've had this, com- me and Schwartz had this conversation like 900 times about, like, our, what we wanted when, in terms of the breakup. And Sandoval's just like, well, people changed their mind.
1: Then he could have come to her and said, I am no longer okay with the terms of our deal.
0: Yeah. And, like, Kate, Katie is like, Katie calls Raquel a whore. And Tom's like she's not a whore, and I, Ariana goes, she's not a whore. She's not being paid to do anything. And, and Katie's like, well, she should be. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, and beyond that, like Ariana's like says, like Katie, don't call her a whore. But Ariana defends Katie. I would say throughout this conversation. But I,
1: here's the thing: I think that Ariana only was like, well, technically she's not a whore because she's not getting paid. Not. Don't call her out for this bullshit. Don't call her names. It's It's, not that it's wrong. It's just,
0: it's it's that
1: horror is not the accurate word.
0: Yeah. Um, And then, slut, skank,
1: bitch, all these other things. There's a laundry list. Mistresses will get to later. There's a laundry list of things you could call her. She's not being paid. So, horror is not accurate. Yeah.
0: And then, Katie talks about, like, kind of talking to herself almost and being like, I mean, I, you know, I know that Schwartz has like this habit of, you know, sticking his tongue down where it doesn't belong during our relationship. So, I mean, I guess it shouldn't be shocking. And Sandoval says, yeah, it shouldn't be shocking. Don't say it like that, Sandoval. Like, that doesn't mean that it's okay. Yeah. And Tom's just like, I don't get what the issue. And Ariana's like, Tom, they made a deal. <laughs> like, You know, and Katie's like, I've been respectful in terms of all the dynamics in terms of the friend group. And Sandoval's like, I think you've been respectful for the most part. And Katie's like, most part? Like, he keeps making these digs that piss me off so much. Like, it's, he gets it, he gets it coming back from Katie later. But, and then Sandoval's like, well, you know, Joe was like crying, calling me and texting me being like, Katie's so mean to me or whatever. And then, so we then find out. So, and even Ariana like r- reiterates that, like, I think the only issue was that they became roommates and like didn't tell anybody about it and like were almost being oddly secretive about it. And so then we get more information about Joe. And Katie's like, so Joe was Kristen Doty's crazy girlfriend. And if you know Kristen Doty, like, <laughs> if you're Chris- her crazy friend, that says
1: something. Kristen Doty's already the crazy friend. If you're the crazy friend's crazy friend, you are like a magnitude more crazy. And it, the fact that she was living with
0: Schwartz and did and, not make a peep when they were in there filming. Well, also, the flashback to, and like, Joe, they show a flashback where Joe leaves to like take her dogs for a walk or whatever. And Schwartz and Joe go, Schwartz says, Love you, see you later. And Joe goes, Love ya. That's weird. I don't think that's that weird. To a, uh, I, I,
1: I don't. I don't think it's weird to tell your friends you love them. Tell people you love that you love them. It doesn't matter if you're romantically involved or not.
0: It felt it. The tone of it felt more like they it were felt a casual to yeah. me.
1: It didn't like. I don't see why casual means relationship, and, but that's just me.
0: And Katie's like, well, Joe texted me after immediately after the divorce and was like, you know, I will always love and respect you, you know, et cetera. And then she fucking. You know, it's like, I can see why Katie's like, fuck you. Like, you're fucking crazy.
1: Um, but if things were good between her and Schwartz at the time, why would that matter? This is where well, I'm kind of like, all, why are we harping on the Joe it's not that,
0: it's not that they're It's not that they're roommates. It's like what Ariana was saying, though. They were keeping it a secret and, like, not talking. Like, Katie didn't find out about it until, like, way fucking later. And uh, that okay, is, so and that, that is odd. Yeah,
1: the, especially when there's been the agreement of not having any dalliances within the friend group. If there's any stink of that, even if it and didn't it happen, even seem
0: like Katie was like mad. It's just it felt weird. Yeah, like you know, and then like you know, our, Katie's like you know we made this deal together about like the, how the friend group would go. And Sandoval goes, I feel like you decided it, and he just agreed. Were you there? Were you there for the conversations?
1: If you weren't, shut the fuck up. Also, it doesn't matter if he agreed, then it doesn't
0: matter whose idea it was. Yeah. And Katie's like, look, I don't think it's a bad. I don't think it's a uh, a wrong thing for me to set these boundaries. And she and then she says, and may God have mercy on your soul. If you fuck, if you try to fuck with them and pray that no one ever does that to you. And then they cut to shot at Oriana and a shot to Tom. We go then to see you next Tuesday at sir. And James is DJing. Uh, Lisa comes in and James then basically tells Lisa about what happened in Mexico with Schwartz and Raquel. And Lisa's like, oh, you're sounding a little jealous. And James is like, no, I'm not jealous. I wouldn't use that word. And then like, of course you wouldn't. James is like, I don't get why people keep saying I'm jealous. Uh, you know, of what's going on with Raquel. Maybe I mean, because every other breath, her name is on your lips. Well, and then he goes, well, so make out with sweaty Peter after a shift and then move on to Mr. Buzz Buttons over there. <laughs> like, what is he saying? He's just like the word.
1: I understand the words. I do not understand the sentence.
0: Yeah. And then so Swartz and Sandoval are drinking a beer together. And Swartz, Schwartz, this is why I, like, uh, Swartz is like, I have to relearn how to communicate. I used to be so good at communicating and Sandoval's like you used to be so good with words when, when? where how <laughs> um, and so Lisa sits down with them and then Raquel is waiting on them cuz she's uh, she's on her shift um and the and Schwartz are and them are just like high-fiving and doing like um like you know mutual stuff or whatever and Schwartz talking in his confessional like I wouldn't mind kissing Raquel again, but you know I don't think I'm in a place where I want a long-term relationship or anything. I want minimum feelings right now, just all fun. That's literally been your whole life, dude. Yeah. You want that now? Like, ugh. Um, so, and then Sandoval, then Sandoval asked Raquel to sit, like, oh, Raquel, we can't hear you. Sit down between me and Schwartz. And then Lisa, Lisa's like, Notices that Sandoval has a smile on his face and points it out to him. Lisa, Lisa's always been astute. She's she like get the, her back on Beverly Hills, please. And let me make the distinction, like, because people are also like Schwartz and Sandoval. I think are also using the defense of like, uh, everyone, everyone knew, and like they also didn't tell Ariana. So why is it just Schwartz's fault? They didn't have the like they had suspicions. We're seeing moments of right now, this episode of them, people like getting suspicions on things and he, and seeing things that are like, that seems kind of weird, but they don't have defi- They, they don't have a FaceTime video of, of Raquel masturbating on Tom Sandoval's phone. Right. And, and, and based off of what Schwartz says, he knows they had a one night stand. That's definitive from Sandoval. That's definitive evidence. Right. That is different than seeing things and thinking that's kind of weird. That's not that's you don't go to that you don't go to your friend and like put that in her head if you don't know one hundred percent for sure that he is cheated on her right so you know I, I there's a big difference um and then Sandoval basically like oh Raquel brings up oh did you guys talk to Katie and Sandoval's like yeah I talked to Katie she said and then he tries to stop himself performatively I feel and then tells Raquel that he uh Katie called her a whore and Raquel's like really. You know that Katie is so rude and so bitchy. You know I've always tried to grow and be a better version of who I was. Bitch, where? Where? Where is that? Can we? Can we meet that girl? Because uh,
1: last season Raquel to this season Raquel is a huge downgrade.
0: Yeah, and Raquel is like, what? So kissing people makes you a whore, and then her confessional is like, you know, it's just really hard. Cause and then she starts crying and it's like this is another like rehearsed line. I'm sorry. There are people in your life that can charge your battery or drain it. And that the gr- these girls drain it and I don't want them in my life. Like
1: I don't want to see how Sandoval's charging your battery.
0: Oh uh... <laughs> and then Raquel tries to leave and Sandoval's like, Raquel, are you okay? And she's like, I just don't appreciate being slut shamed for making out with someone. Um and basically, Sandoval says in his confessional, like, I thought Raquel would shrug it off. But, you know, I want her to know what people are saying about her. You know, because I- Bullshit.
1: They rehearsed this scene beforehand.
0: Yeah. And Sandoval says, you know, you know, Raquel doesn't have a lot of people in her corner. But that's, you know, she's a sweet girl. And she doesn't have a bad bone in her body. And you immediately were like. Uh,
1: immediately, I'm like, um, well, she had your bone in her body. Yeah, so.
0: It's pretty bad. Um, yeah, this felt odd. Fully odd. We go now to Lala's new apartment and she's having Christina, Katie and Allie over. I like that. Allie's getting incorporated in, mm-hmm. in everyone's stuff. Um, and Lala talks about that her birthday's coming up and that, um, she, they're getting ready for it. Um, she brings up like the fact, like she's loving her new apartment and that like she would choose to live in here a million times over or over her old place with Randall and basically says that it was like a torture chamber, mm-hmm. which like, that's a lot. Um, so Lala basically says like she invited everyone to her birthday party except for Raquel Schwartz and Charlie.
1: I I will say that it felt a little name droppy to go to say something about off of Mulholland Drive. It's like girl, yeah, she,
0: she named the street. <laughs> she named like she was like yeah, it was it was very like we know like, you were loaded. We get it. Like <laughs> we know you had the Range Rover. Like come on. Um and then Katie kind of Katie reveals that this is for Lala's birthday. She's it's gonna be the first time she brings. Her new sort of fling around the group, satchel, which that's the name.
1: That's his real name. Like, I look, people make fun of non-binary people for picking random objects as their name. Yeah. Um This is the most non-binary name I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, and he's a cis man. And I'm just like But he's like What? are we what
0: who named him we'll talk about it more later like flower and petal are those <laughs> his parents like it makes it does make perfect sense for katie now thinking about completely. it completely katie has always given off this kind of like hipsterish vibe oh yeah to where i can understand why initially she would want to be with schwartz because schwartz Kind of yeah. gives those vibes, mm-hmm. but Schwartz still falls into like those sort of elements of masculinity that kind of like. Yeah, are Schwartz
1: more... is the dweeby bro. He's yeah, he's not, but he's, he's still a bro. But he's still a bro. He's still deeply entrenched and invested in bro culture, and he, I mean that's evidence from the fact that Sandoval and Jax have always been his closest friends. There's like, a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Like he's not a hipster. He's not. Like, that
0: sort of... He's not in touch with, like... Just because he smokes pot doesn't mean anything, <laughs> like... um, And Katie talks about how they've been really hitting it off and really enjoying with each other, and she says, like, you know, I came for the D, and I stayed for the conversation. <laughs> there was <And>, big old <laughs> grin on her face, and I was like, you get it, girl! But, like, that's a good way to go about it. Like, you can, like... Like, as long... Like, coming for the D, staying for the conversation, it's like, kind of... I mean... That's how
1: we got together. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I think it's how a lot of gay couples get together. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and Lala is basically like, look, I think you should bring them around. Like, you know, Schwartz showed no respect to you, clearly. Uh, and so at this point, you can fuck his friends, bring dudes around. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Period. Um, the Toms then go over to Villa Rosa and then and they're bringing flowers because we get the sad news that Ro- uh, Rose passed uh, one of Vanderpump's uh, miniature horses. Um, and then they did
1: a flashback to the I when forgot that we've seen
0: him like I know we've seen the horses, but like that like, we saw
1: we were there when she got them. Yeah. Like I
0: just oh
2: and apparently poor Lisa. it was like
0: apparently it was like really quick, like they couldn't even get them to the vet quick enough, you know, before yeah. um so it's really sad. and Lisa always takes animal deaths like really hard. Yeah. Um uh <laughs> so but I also I love that like they bring flowers and they're like having rose as like a tribute or whatever. But then immediately they get into fighting about uh, uh, Schwartz and Zandys. Like, they to where Sandoval's literally at one point yelling in f- her fucking home as she's grieving her dead miniature horse. Like, yeah. sh- maybe this isn't the time for your performative bullshit. I yeah. don't know. Well, but
1: this is the one time that I'll give credit to Schwartz. He gave it to, like, he, or not, oh, yeah, give credit to Schwartz. He was standing up to Sandoval and was like, motherfucker you haven't been there i've been the one doing this it's been on my shoulders because you're off doing all this other bullshit yeah you come in you rant you rave and then you leave and i don't see you
0: well he's because sandoval just keeps starting with the whole like we gotta open man we gotta open and schwartz is like you're you can do all this huff and puff but you're not backing it up with anything and then schwartz like springs out and you could tell i've never seen schwartz this angry actually like
1: Because it's Schwartz's money, too. And he's also going through a divorce, which you're about to not have to actually go through because you're not actually married. But you're going through, like, the selling of the house and all of that stuff. And it's like he's going through a divorce. He's also going through all of this investment that you have. But he doesn't have rich parents to support him like you do. And, like, Schwartz is getting the worst end of this.
0: Yeah. And, like, he Schwartz specifically says, like, when we had to submit the food menu, you went to band practice. And in the morning, you went to go get your nails done.
1: And then Schwartz, in, or this end of all, in confessionals, like, I'm not about to walk around Hollywood with busted nails. He said with
0: grubby ass chip nails. And I was literally like, he has become everything he hated about Stassi. He has fully, that is such a Stassi season one confessional comment. And he's fucking delivering it 10 years later. And he is, and I love Stassi. Yes.
1: And as awful as I felt like this statement was in confessional, I feel like if Stassi had made it 10 years ago, I would we would have been like, were bitch. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I fully agree with that.
1: I get it. I You can't walk around with busted nails. But, I get it.
0: But it's everything he hates about Stassi. Yeah. Because he used to drag her all the time. And it's like, yeah. Used to. Like, well, yeah. Just a couple seasons ago, I remember a book signing. So, like, literally, like, Schwartz is bringing up. Th- this is where Sandoval so manipulative. Schwartz bringing up these examples of like the way Sandoval's not involved and the way he's not contributing, and what does Sandoval immediately do? He goes, "No, the problem is Greg because he keeps pulling the e brake." Like he's this is where I don't fully get negative towards Greg, both from like what I see from the larger scale. But notice what Schwartz bringing is bringing up Sandoval stuff. Sandoval immediately tries to redirect him to the Greg. Right? He's like, no, no, that's not the story. That's not the narrative, dude. The narrative is we need to blame Greg. Right. And, and I, I get that,
1: but I also know that it's the hallmark of a narcissist to latch on to another bad guy and yeah. blame the other bad guy. So I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, Greg I'm, is no, no, guilty no. because Sandoval is pointing fingers at Greg. But I'm also saying that just because Sandoval is pointing Greg, fingers at Greg does not mean that Greg is innocent either. I, so I think I, what
0: I mean is like, and we see, we'll see in the next scene too, particularly. Sandoval loves narrative setting. Oh, yeah. And he's, I mean, the Howie Mandel podcast, he essentially admits it. Oh, yeah. He essentially says, we were, I'm putting out a certain narrative. It's like At least in terms of Ariana, me and Ariana's relationship, if we're meant to be believed, I don't believe what he says. But like, he... He, you could tell he gets mad whenever Swartz or Ariana or anyone in his life doesn't stick to the script, mm-hmm. doesn't stick to what, and we get to so we get to it in this scene because then we go to Tom and Ariana's house and they're sitting around talking and just like this scene fucking infuriated me and like yeah so Ariana talks about um you know having her eggs fertilized and and setting up the appointment and that. The, and they specifically said Sandoval specifically says That the appointment for the deposit As he puts it Is on the 7th Flashback to the Howie Mandel podcast Of the timeline he tries to lay out About when she brought up Fertilizing the eggs Bullshit um, And so Ariana basically says like you know, my mind hasn't completely changed about having kids, but I don't like the idea of, like, a biological clock essentially telling me what to do, so that's why I went and had my eggs frozen, and I also know that fertilized eggs are more viable, so that's why if we want to have kids down the... And she's also said, like, we maybe could have kids down the line. I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to carry them. Right. But I wouldn't mind, You know, like, in that regard. So he's she's also open to, like, this concept, and Sandoval basically is like... In his confessional, goes, You know, when she first mentioned fertilizing the eggs, I've always, I was always down for that. Cut to the clip of the reunion from last season where Ariana was like, I've told him multiple times to make appointments and he never does it.
1: Yeah. Also, it's occurring to me that the reason that he has been pushing for kids and for marriage all these years is because that's a way to lock her down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and but also again, the, the, I don't like the discuss. Like he, it'd be one thing if he was also explicitly using the idea of like she wouldn't let me have kids, and though there, and that's why I strayed. Like one, she's laid that out from the beginning. She's been very clear about what she feels about marriage and kids. Um, so you've known this, and like, but the timeline is completely off, and this this whole conversation that we're seeing in this scene is what he is trying to set up in this cuz he's already fucking Raquel. He's already emotionally connected uh, connected to Raquel if we believe him. Like he wants to move on immediately. He wants to leave her for Raquel at this yeah. point. Yeah. And so he needs to set a narrative to where he looks like the victim. And yeah. he needs and Ariana's the bad guy.
1: Because at this point, we already know that the plan is to wait. Until, whether he says it or not, we know. Like, yeah. we know. We all know. We're, we have eyes. But he's, we know that the plan is to wait until after the reunion and then and then break up with Ariana and get with Raquel.
0: But even if he waited till after, he still needs to set a scene in which there are is a oh that's a, where what the I mean. audience can blame Ariana for it.
1: Right. That's what I mean. Like what he's doing right now is setting the stage so that at the end of the the whole thing, when it comes out in the way that's perfectly orchestrated and the way he wants it to be, um, when everything comes out, he looks like the good guy and he looks like the Wounded man that you know strayed because he didn't have another option,
0: and oh, all this fuck off. So they're talking about like because they're like, well, with like the sperm viability and stuff like that. Obviously, like lay back on drinking and and certain things like that. And he talks about like you know I'm under a lot of stress, so I drink. And Ariana's like, yeah, that's the big thing. You know, we just got to work on like healthy coping mechanisms for things like that. And then Sandoval immediately goes like, well, I mean, we all do like unhealthy things. And then she's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, sometimes you can just, like, not take a shot or whatever. She's
1: like, it's not that hard to that, not take that, a shot.
0: The tone in which I'm expressing of what Ariana's saying is, like, the, the exact tone in which she's talking, by the way. Like, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then Sandoval then immediately goes, you know, I just feel like it's tough sometimes to talk to you. And I just feel like you just never agree with me and take my side on things. What What the fuck prompted that in this conversation? You could tell even on Ariana's face, she was fucking confused. What the fuck is this coming from? And Ariana's like, I mean, you know, we're allowed to have, you know, different perspectives. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, yeah, but it's like, it just, it feels like, you know, I'll explain myself and, you know, you're really quick to take the other person's point of view, which by the way is exactly what Katie has been expressing about Schwartz for her entire fucking relationship. The only difference, Katie's is actually rooted in something. Right. This is pulled out of fucking thin air. Yeah. This idea, and, and this is why I, never, I didn't understand it on the Howie Mandel podcast either. This choice that he's making with this narrative. How, you're going to try to make us believe Ariana's not supportive of you? You're, you're going to try to believe when that she's, she's the unsupportive
1: girlfriend? When she's been your number one cheerleader the entire time when you've been together? When she gave you
0: half of her book deal? When she's been for doing every- nothing,
1: by the way, did absolutely nothing.
0: When she's been at every one of your fucking concerts, when she fucking supports you in literally everything you do, that was the stupidest choice to make to try to put a, put the, pull the wool over our fucking eyes.
1: Also, let's not forget the fact that he started their relationship by refusing to be there for her on the anniversary of her father's death and instead going to Vegas. To- and she
0: just had to be like, yeah, it's fine. Like, she's not supportive of you. Fuck off. And he's and she's like, Well, it feels like, you know, you question my intelligence, that you think I'm an idiot. He's throwing out these buzzwords of shit that he she never fucking said.
1: And we've we've talked about it before. This is someone who's been to like Three months of therapy, who has gathered all the therapy buzzwords and then learns how to weaponize them against people. Yep. This is the same thing that our friend did to us that we had to cut out. This is the same thing that people all over reality television do all the time. It's narcissistic bullshit. Yeah. They, it's so infuriating and like it's gaslighting to the extreme because they're actually using the language. That is meant to be healing, healing and then taking that and and weaponizing it and, and then that they is look the, like the healer that is the the most like invalidating and like um uh, what's the word that um on Beverly Hills last season um she got yelled that violating it's Violate. the most violating word I was like capricious? To, no no it's it's the most it's the most violating thing you can do with words is to take the, the, the concepts and words that are supposed to be healing and weaponize them. Yeah. And that's what he's doing here to Ariana, knowing what she's going through right now with, with her family and with like just losing a pet, like that she's had for so many years. And like, it's, I just, I want to strangle this I wanted man. to jump
0: through the screen of this scene so I bad. was so angry.
1: And also, mind you, our poor downstairs neighbor, because it's like 2 o'clock in the morning when we're watching this, and we're like infuriated at the TV trying to be as quiet as possible and failing miserably, I feel. Like, sorry, downstairs neighbor, if you listen to our
0: podcast. Uh, uh. Mm. Um, so Lisa... Uh, uh, so this at least this is a fun scene. So Lisa goes to pump to have lunch with Oliver and Garcelle, and when Garcelle stepped out of the car, I was like, "I've missed you, bitch! I, I love her so much. much." They sit down and they're like, they get their, they start ordering, and Lisa's like, "What do you want to drink?" And Garcelle's like, "You know what? I'm gonna have a glass of your rosé because your rosé beats everyone's rosé, <laughs> and I love them taking this moment to shade Lisa Rinna. I love it so much." And we're a, or LVP just be like, I mean, if it was me, I would come up with a unique idea. <laughs> so go uh, we we need to get ourselves a bottle of uh, of
1: uh, Vanderpump Rose.
0: Yeah, um, LVP uh, uh, talks. It uh, basically tells Garcelle about Oliver and Raquel snogging, as she said.
1: Um, <laughs> and Garcelle's like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds awful.
0: Yeah, and then Oliver. So then Oliver starts saying like, you know. You know, yes, I've been separated from my uh, ex-wife. We've been separated for months. We're working on a co-parenting agreement. I, you know, ha- you know, I, I respect her as a mother and and everything. You know, but yeah, we're completely separated. Um, so we'll get to it later. I I have thoughts on Oliver that I think are a little nuanced. Um, so,
1: I I will say that I feel like, from what I know of Garcelle and her character, um. If that was not true to her knowledge, she would have called him out. Sure. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably closer to the truth than what we have heard. Yeah. From I, well, Stephanie. Is that her name? Samantha. Samantha. I knew it was an
0: S word. We get more details later that I think I again I I don't hate Oliver. I don't hate
1: Oliver, I don't hate Oliver either. I just
0: I don't. I don't think
1: he's nearly the villain that he was initially looking to be, um, and when, and
0: other people were hoping to make her her mouth to be in this episode. We'll get to it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then Garcelle's like, you know, talks about like how you know she's always you know just looking for the right guy where it'll just click or whatever. And she asks Lisa, like, well, I mean, did you have that moment with you? How did you meet Ken? And LVP's like, I felt something. <laughs> I think I was bending over the bathtub. <laughs> it, it, I love Lisa. It was great. Uh, Lisa and Garcelle have a good dynamic.
1: I, I need her back on my screens more often than just uh, this uh, Vanderpump rules.
0: Yeah. So we, everyone's getting ready for Lala's birthday. And James and Allie are getting ready. They're picking out clothes and stuff like that. And then this is where we find out the tea. So apparently when, they, when Allie was leaving Lala's apartment from the last scene that we had saw, um, she brought up that apparently Allie spotted Sandoval and Raquel dancing together at the Abbey at about 1 a.m. And she was like, we were like, oh, it's 1 a.m. Where's Ariana?
1: Like, I don't know why, but that just reminded me of those commercials from the 90s. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? <laughs> <laughs> it's 1 a.m. Do you know where your boyfriend of 10 years is? Yeah.
0: um, It's, yeah. Like, I was, like, good on it. And Ali's, like, well, I don't know what people's relationships are like, so you do you. So, like, basically, I don't know if it's, like, the, it, I don't know if it was innocuous. I don't know if it was, like, something yeah. Ariana knew about, like.
1: It's none of my business, so...
0: Yeah. So, well, but but she made her business by telling Lala and Katie, obviously. (laughs) But, but But I mean... Good on her for doing it. She knows what show she's on. So, we see these scenes. So, Sheena and Brock are at Raquel's apartment while Christina is over at Lala's apartment as they get ready. Lala says that... And also, Lala's like, this is my birthday you know, since being single and that I'm just want to, my goal is to end the night with birthday sex. Lala is so sex crazed this season. I
1: get it though, girl.
0: Yeah. And, but so now as this is happening, all the headlines have now broke about Oliver. Right. And about his ex-wife coming out, basically saying he's cheated on me now with multiple women as he's claiming to them that we're separated, but we are not separated. Right. And uh, Lala apparently talked to her at one point and, and Lala told her, yes, Oliver because she was like, I thought I we saw the group photo you posted with Oliver and all the girls, and it gave me a weird feeling. And she basically Lala basically told her that Oliver and Raquel made out. Um, and so all the stories are out. Raquel was like, I'm finding this out now for the first time and everyone and I'm being like named in all these articles and shit like that. Um and so like, what the hell do I do? I'm about to go on a date with this guy tonight. And Brock essentially suggests, like, calling Oliver's ex. So she does. We don't hear her. Like, we just see Raquel. I mean, in the conversation. I mean, clearly she didn't
1: sign a release. Yeah.
0: So, but basically, according to Raquel, that she said that he had made promises to work on the marriage and that they were still living in the same apartment. Um, and <laughs> Raquel's just like, it just, it just seems so manipulative and selfish. Hmm. Does it now? And then Lala's basically like, the way Lala phrases it, she's like, and when, when he left the pussy place, because <laughs> it's, it's disco <laughs> pussy, uh, after making out with Raquel, he went home and slept with her, with Samantha. Um, and then Sheena's like, you know, now telling Raquel, now you're, you're going to have the mistress label on you. Uh, you know, I've, I know what that's like. I've had it on me for 17 years, and it never goes away. Well, if it didn't happen with this case, it's definitely on her now. Yep. It's just saying. Um, and, yeah, so that's sort of the dynamic brewing. So Lala, it's Lala's birthday, and they're going down to this place called the Classic Cat on Sunset Strip, on the Sunset Strip. And then Katie uh, introduces the girls to Satchel. I like him. He, yeah. he didn't talk too much. But, like. He's I, got a good vibe to him. He's got a good vibe. And I love. How, I don't know. I really loved how affectionate he was, mm-hmm. like, not in a put on way, not right. in a
1: overly done way. And it wasn't overly sexual. It was
0: loving. Yeah. It was,
1: it was more of a, I respect and cherish you and less of a, you're my sexual,
0: um, prize, um, property. Really.: yeah. And he, he basically tells her like, you look beautiful tonight. And Katie's like, he's sweet. He shows me affection. And that's a nice change for me. And then she says, let's just say I won't be complaining about how his dick doesn't work. (laughs) Um, And then so all the everyone starts coming into the last party. Sheena then meets Satchel. And then Sheena in her confessional saying it's weird seeing Katie with this. She said, I don't know what she meant by this, but Mactor. I don't know. This Mactor shaggy dog looking motherfucker. He looks like he just got groomed at Vanderpump dogs okay sheena's so bitter well keep in mind keep this in mind where sheena's now in interviews being like i'm still so bad for what i did to katie okay um they're they're talking like if schwartz is coming and ariana's like no schwartz isn't coming he, he wasn't invited he's having a bath and we see him a full scene of him like i didn't need that i really didn't um
1: yeah it wasn't necessary
0: yeah, so, and then Katie and Lala start discussing the Oliver headlines that are coming out. Like, did you see this shit? Like, sort of, like, you know, getting into it. And then we cut to Oliver and Raquel's date. So, Oliver, this is where I like Oliver. Oliver's, me, like, so I don't know if you've been seeing the stuff that's been posted online that my ex-wife has come out. out. Obviously, it's, you know, really terrible stuff. You know, it's a lot to deal with right now. Um, And Raquel then tells him that he, that she talked to Samantha about everything. Um, Oliver says that Oliver says that they have been separated and he has had his own place for about eight months, but he does come over sometimes. And because he's like, and yes, I've had sex with her in that time. You know, part of it is I want to see my kids. Part of it is, you know, the emotional, like sort of,
2: because to
0: me, like I'd still wrong. I think it's still wrong what he did. I think he left out certain information maybe that was, you know, pertinent,
1: but I don't blame him. But I, do- I also don't think that in the middle of a club when you're trying to meet somebody new is the time to air all of your dirty laundry. And it's not like he slept with her. Yeah. They made out on the dance floor. Who gives a shit?
0: And, and Raquel is like, did you have sex with her that night after we kissed? And she's like, no, I didn't have sex with her that night, but maybe a few days later. And which is still kind of, eh. but, and, but Oliver apologizes to, you know, bringing this on to her. And like, is he wrong? Yes. But like, I think he broached, I don't know. I feel like he broached it with a certain level of humility that maybe it's because of all the other men on the show who've had cheating stuff who never yeah. show humility. But I was like, I, he, it seemed in the sense of like, I fucked up. Yeah. It was a mistake of mine. I also want to believe him because he's
1: Garcelle's kid.
0: Yeah. And I think part of it from what I was getting from him and, and I know it's just his side, but it was like. You know, we're separated, but also emotions come into play. Right. And this is someone who is my wife, and I am casually dating, but sometimes I, I unfortunately go back to her even though we're still separated.
1: Right. I, I mean, it's a complicated situation when you're co-parenting and you're separated but not divorced, and there's like this dynamic. It, it's complicated. And I
0: feel like he was, again, broaching this with a certain level, a certain level of humility. And Raquel came into this date... Looking for the moment, like like she like Lala said, she doesn't know how to fucking deviate, and she's like she talks about you know it's unfair you know the bashing that I'm getting on social media, which at this point, sure I can get with that. She's, but and then she's like I'm just furious with all of you know make him making me look a certain way that isn't who I am at all. Is it?
1: Um. um by by the way, I looked up what macter means. It's those people that. Are attractive and they go around to try to get on all the different reality shows to get famous off of their good looks.
0: I don't get that vibe from him at I all. I don't
1: get that from him at all. And if that's the case, then what? The hell, what else has he been on? Like,
0: yeah, I, we would know the name Satchel, probably. Yeah. Um, and Raquel. Uh, oh, and this is the part where Raquel says, like. You know, and Oliver was also not doing anything to even keep his wife from finding out, which makes me think he just wanted her to feel bad. This was where I was like, huh? Because, like, it's almost as if she's saying, like, it would be better if you kept it from people in secrets, which I think speaks a lot to your character. Yeah. You're claiming is being maligned. Yep. As we then find out. And Not Ra- maligned
1: at all, actually.
0: And Oliver's and Raquel's like, well, this isn't the date I expected. And Oliver's like, yeah, I I didn't expect this kind of you know thing to come out on this date. And then Raquel says, well, we would have had a great time if you would have just you know divorced your wife. And then she and then she walked off and leaves him.
1: He dodged a fucking bullet. The,
0: yeah, he was defending her recently on interviews, and I'm like, yeah, Oliver, just let her, let her go, <laughs> like let her. And and I I. Get like,
1: no, no, never mind. Let her go. No, let her go. Let it it go. Like, I I get the the, let her go all the way to Miraval. I get the. We won't won't talk about that, but um, but I get going. Look, I get that she's being attacked over here and all of this other stuff. In our situation, I was the bad guy, so I don't want any of this to blow back on her. her like I get why he would stand up why he has the um I can't speak today. the incentive uh not even incentive uh inclination there maybe you go. to to stand up for her and defend her um but you don't need to she she can do bad all by herself
0: yeah so then Raquel leaves and then she starts texting Sheena and she's texting Sheena that you know are you guys still at the uh, place or whatever? I need to talk to Lala.
1: Abort? This is not a good idea.
0: And as she's texting her, Lala and Katie are talking about the headlines, and Lala just being like, Guess what? I wouldn't be so quick to throw daggers now, bitch. I bet your mom's real proud of you. Like, like <laughs> Lala's got a little couple of drinks in her, and she's just like feeling herself and doing her whole thing. She, she doesn't have any drinks. She's sober. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is her on sober, but she's like, she's like, she's getting revved up, which yeah. just makes for perfect timing. So Raquel shows up and Sheena walks outside to talk to her and Raquel basically tells her what happened with Oliver. I love her going. He-
1: she does not tell her what happened with Oliver. She tells her a very, very manipulated version of what happened with Oliver. She blames everything on him, says that there's no nuance.
0: He was lying,
1: he's a piece yeah. of shit, and, and, then, then, and then tries she, to sell that as the narrative. Well, and then she
0: says, he didn't even stand up when I left the table. Well, okay, like, what? whatever. Um, and Raquel, Sheena's like, you really want to talk to her on her birthday? And Raquel's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. And then they walk in. And, like, Lala immediately makes eye contact with Raquel as she comes in. And Raquel goes, hi. And Lala just starts... Big grin she's jumping up and down oh. clapping like it's the fuck like she's just got a new pony and she's five years old and she just goes what's up mistress <laughs> it was so fucking
1: funny uh, I need to go back and gif that that's it's it's beautiful
0: it was like it, it, it's so perfect
1: I have a still shot of it but it, it doesn't tell the full you need the hopping up and down clapping laughing first yeah, it's,
0: it's yeah. Too good. She's like, this is the best fucking birthday present ever. Um, and then, so she goes outside, and then with with Raquel, and then this mo. So then Katie is is sitting next to Sandoval, and and Katie's like, I just think it's so fucking funny that Raquel is such a stupid bitch. Like, you know, all this stuff. You know, it's just funny to you know, it's just funny to me. And Sandoval says, you know, it seems like you you get a lot of joy out of it, huh? Like, trying to, like, shit on her. And, and Katie's like, I don't get joy out of it. I just find it funny. And Sandoval says that, uh, you know, I've seen Katie be a very proactive, vindictive person over the years. So you can tell she's just savoring it like it's the best Wagyu steak. This, he does this shit all the time about, like, all these vindictive women. He's doing it with Ariana now. Yep. He d- He's done it with Katie. He used to do it with Stassi. Remember when Stassi yep. uh, exposed Kristen sleeping with Jackson? He, Sandoval the whole time was just like, Stassi, you're enjoying it too much. Whatever, dude. And then, so he's like, because he said, like, you're getting a lot of joy out of it. And Katie just goes, you get a lot of joy out of Raquel as well, I think. And <laughs> I went, I was mouth agape. And then, Yeah. And then Santa was like, "Yeah, she's a cool girl." And Katie goes, "You know, hanging out with her at the Abbey at one o'clock in the morning," and and then Santa was like, "Oh, dude, what are you talking about? Shut the fuck up, whatever." But you can tell he it rattled him, and Katie it's just so starts good. sipping her drink like, "I got you, motherfucker." Like this was. So, this that lat, that scene earlier in the episode where Sandoval is just mansplaining to her the yep. entire time, like the, it it paid off in such the most beautiful fucking yep. way. Oh, it was so good. Um, so and then Raquel and Lala are talking outside, and Raquel apologizes to her for calling her a mistress, and Lala's like, "What? Because you are one." <laughs> and, <laughs> it was so good. Well, and she says, "Cause you are one," and Raquel goes, oh, "Right? Okay. Like, like." And then, you know, she's like, I get it now. And, so, and Lala's like, you know, you sh- instead of, like, shitting on me and being like, I got Oliver chose you over me, or me over you, um you should have been asking the questions of, like, oh, how long have you been separated? So, like, the questions I asked Randall. He then lied to me. And then Raquel is like, you know, I get that now. You know, I didn't realize, and this is why I'm apologizing, because I didn't realize how easily a man could mislead someone. And then, Lala- I
1: just, I this whole thing pissed me off because it is like, number one, it's bullshit. Cause we know everything we know about Scandaball. Yeah. But then we also have her trying to completely flip this. Like, yes, Oliver was the awful person and yes, there's no nuance to this. Yeah. And, um, You know, all of this stuff trying to malign Oliver and make her like she's the victim here. It's like, no, nobody's nobody's a victim here. Yeah. Like you knew that they were separated, but not divorced. You know, you should know as a grown fucking adult that that is a messy situation. And, that, the- and if you don't want in the mess, don't get in the mess. But you knew there was mess.
0: Yeah. And so, but Lala seemingly not warms to her, but like sees an opening, I guess, sort of slightly. Yeah. And basically, like, look, that's what it is. The women always take the brunt, and the men always get away with murder, you know. And you, you know, he'll, you'll get called a mistress, and you know, he'll get off scot free. And you know, and Lala's only going off of what Raquel said, obviously. But like, Lala's like, you know, let's let's. How about we both use this as a learning experience? Because I don't want beef with you, you know. And then Raquel in her confessional is being like, you know, being single has allowed me to reflect on who I am as a person and the fact that I assign value to what other people think of me. Well, yes, but you then took, like, I was saying at the time, like, it would, if she at this moment, even if she had already fucked Sandoval, which we know she did, and, and all that, if she then immediately went to Sandoval and said, I can't do this. This is not good right for Ariana. This isn't okay. I can't continue in this. Like I, I saw what Oliver did to me. Like I can't, but she doesn't. She keeps it up for months and months and months more. Yeah.
1: The way that they're setting this up is like they were trying when they were going to come out with it at the end of the season. I guarantee you they were going to try to sell it as a new thing. Yeah. Not that it had been going on for months. I guarantee you that that it, was going to be if, their narrative. If it
0: wasn't Katie bringing up stuff, if it wasn't Ally noticing things, etc., they would have done that, and they would have probably maybe succeeded.
1: No, yeah. I, I think the fact that that they got caught before they were able to craft their narrative and come out with it on their own is what made the truth of it come out.
0: Sure, but Swords would have. Ta- I think Swords would have taken to the grave. It was when the other independent parties are like piecing things together and going, "This seems weird. This seems odd." that's where it kind of came I I think came to that um but Lala basically like tells Raquel like you know you're not a mistress she is you you don't know this now but at the time of this but yeah um and don't let anyone tell you that you are and then they hug and Raquel apologizes again and that's the end of the episode (laughs) this was a lot but it it was good it was juicy in moments it was like not like Vanderpump Rules is the best show on television right now. It oh yeah, really fucking is. completely. It's so good, so dramatic. Like I'm mad at all the time at it. I'm like, it, it's it's great. So yeah, really really good stuff from Vanderpump Rules. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, our last day in Thailand for Ultimate Girls Trip season three. Don't go in. <laughs> Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com.
2: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome
1: back to A Gay and His Envy. We are now
0: headed back for our last trip down to Thailand. The ultimate girls trip. Last day in Thailand. And then we start with Marisol and her confessional just being like, I need therapy. Like, so, like, exhausted. <laughs> Bitch, me too. The fuck? <laughs> Whitney, Whitney and Giselle are in the pool. And Whitney's saying that she's still a little high from last night. Um, uh, Heather, we get to talking. So Heather apparently wouldn't get on the pole last night because I guess her, like, Mormon, like, Christian value and like, you know, Whitney basically says like, Heather has like a secret freak in her, in her and all that, you know, I was, we just came off of a season of salt Lake city where she's flashing her titties every, like, I, I don't understand. I just, I, yeah, I don't get it. She just got naked and skinny dipped on this season of girls trap. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems weird.
1: Um, she so, is an enigma wrapped in a mystery, shrouded
0: in crazy. <laughs> so, and and so now this is apparently the episode where Alexia decided that she needed to clock in. Like we'll get we'll get to it. But she says that she was worried about how you know Whitney would be viewed uh, with the pole stuff. Which uh, I'm like, oh, okay. And then Heather basically is like, you don't you don't come for Whitney's pole dancing because you're coming for her identity. Which true. Um, But also
1: like I love how she was like subtly going no but she's a pole dancer that's what she does that's her whole identity that's everything about her (laughs) is dancing on the pole
0: don't you know that which is she wrong Um, (laughs) she's also got a skincare line there we go Um, and then and then Giselle pulls Pepsi over and goes so, Pepsi, can you make sure you get the enlarged picture of the bottle with the easel? And I'm like, motherfucker, we're still doing this? I was so angry. <laughs> like, last episode was so nice. Like, fucking, ugh.
1: Poor Pepsi was, like, sobbing as he got this together, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and the, everyone's getting right. Heather basically gives her intention to the, the tiny house uh, spirits. Um, but wishing like good health for Leah, and then we basically find out Leah is at least gonna come back for the final dinner, because mm. like she's like I'm not, you know, I need to get that final fucking dinner in. Um, I'm sorry, just the the phrase the tiny house spirits just made me giggle. Yeah, like, I just what That's, else great. Is, that's what the, it's the tiny house. No, I know it's just it's the spirits. Yeah. In the tiny house, um, <laughs> Candace says oh, they're in the Sprinter van uh, going to this like Lotus Pond, um, and Candace basically says that Whitney surprised her the most on this trip, and that she's her new favorite. She's saying all this as Heather's in the background, and Heather, of course, being her sort of like meek self, being like, "Oh, I'm the third wheel," you know. So, it, which I'm, I'm kind of over. <laughs> yeah, like girl, like it's fine. Like you don't have to be the.
1: We've seen behind the Heather curtain this season, both on this show and on salt lake so it's just like i'm i'm done with this
0: can we stop yeah so and then the other sprinter van has portia giselle and the miami girls and then my Mar- i forgot what it is marisol brings up something about like the cast like casting on these shows and something like that and like how casting's important and that they did such a great job casting uh for miami and alexia's like no they didn't don't say that and like basically it's like no um and so now we're starting to see, like, the, I guess, dissension between Alexia and Marisol, which I guess they had been hinting to, like, that yeah. it was just like cabin fever, essentially, where they, were been, they had been so, like, with each other the entire trip that it's, like, getting annoying. Um, and then Alexia basically is like, you know, we're coming off of season five, and that was a really tough season for me where I had a lot of fights with a lot of people. But really, Marisol stayed quiet. And I was like, what? Did we watch the same season? She well, po-
1: in her defense, she hasn't watched the season yet.
0: Yeah. She points to like one moment, which I'm like, okay, I can get, give you that. But it's like Marisol was like almost ruining her own reputation defending you. Like, I I didn't understand this.
2: Yeah. Again,
0: this felt like, like as much as Portia criticized Leah last episode about like looking for the TV moment, it, this episode really felt like Alexia and Marisol were like, oh God, we didn't do enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it, it kind of felt that way. Um, they arrive to this like giant lotus pond where all these giant lotuses are, um, uh, and Portia has them do like a catwalk, like walk down this like the bridge or whatever that's like over it. Um, which I remember this went viral on uh, Twitter when they were filming.
1: I, I I have the same opinion now when I saw it as I did when I saw it back then that everybody serves but Giselle everybody
0: but Giselle it's better than the the first girl's trip one remember when they tried to do that like dance oh god and like Ramona was like doing like the thriller dance at one point when they were trying to do like squiggly arms she's such a boomer uh-huh yeah it, it was a little better than that um oh and then Marisol's like okay so let's ha- let's all talk you know the trip is almost done who did you like the least going in and Alexi's like we already did this question And Marisol, you've been drinking too much, and I'm like, oh my god! Like this, like I, I understand the like when you when you're stuck with somebody for so long, and and one like 24 hours a day in this like like
1: that's why the divorce rates went up during quarantine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like, and they say later that they kind of fight like a married couple, which I do see, but it was like, oh my god! Like lay off Marisol for a second, um, and so oh god. So then, poor Pepsi brings out the easel with the fucking thing. Which also, why did you even like? And Giselle's just like court's now in session. Why did you need the easel? I didn't like just for a prop. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was so over this. Um. So they're like, okay, so witness, we need witness statements and whatever. I'm like, I'm. F- so uh, we were listening to um, we we listened to Las Culturistas with Bo and Las Last
1: Culturistas. Um, we are avid readers
0: avid readers um and they were talking about this with giselle and exactly they were they did a great job of like pinpointing like why this was terrible this whole bottle bullshit and like as of late particularly i don't know if as much as the earlier seasons of potomac but as of late when giselle is doing these like i'm making a moment for tv and i'm doing drama which I don't necessarily mind on housewives. There's some housewives that do it very well. Like we talked about Jennifer Aiden with the coffee reader. I thought that was a perfect, like, you know. Mimi used to do it very well. Mimi used to do it great. Um, Kenya would do it great. Like there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of people who do it really well. Like Giselle's always takes it too far and it just gets mean. And like. It's too far
1: in like one aspect, but then also not far enough. Like, she passes funny and, well, no, she just bypasses funny. She doesn't even pass funny because that, that indicates that there's still humor there, but there's. It
0: gets to be, like, abusive.
1: Like Yeah, it, there's no funny. It's just mean. And, like, there's not enough production value in it to make up for that. Like, because some of the shit that Nene did was incredibly mean, but there was production but value, Nini would, honey. But
0: also Nene would, like, crack a laugh in the middle of it. Like, knowing, like, it, this is all a joke. We're in on the joke, like, sort of thing. Giselle doesn't do that. Yeah. Giselle, like, is, like, I, I don't get, like, and she's, like, oh, well, Candace wants to be the victim. She says that all like, later in the episode, like, Candace just wants to be a victim or whatever. It's, like. You're treating her like shit here. Like I don't She didn't she didn't
1: manufacture
0: any of this. You pointed the finger at her. Yeah. It's like the the gall of Giselle to be like, well, Candace is casting a narrative or whatever and trying." it's like, no, you clearly are, because you're the one with the fucking prop uh picture of the bottle with an easel. Like like whatever. So she asked for witnesses. Portia says that she didn't see it in Heather's room, so Heather's off the suspect list. Marisol's off the list for simply saying that they could check the room. They don't really confirm if they did or not. But they also
1: wouldn't let Candace do that. Candace said that she would check the room.
0: Yeah, but 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 then she wouldn't, and so therefore she's the, the number one suspect. And Candace just going, you can take the bottle and put it in your booty hole and fly home. <laughs> Um, I also, so they do cause courts are all in session and then their drink orders start coming and Giselle, the only time I laughed at Giselle during this was like courts in recess. We can to get our drinks. And then once the drinks come, okay, courts back in session. That was the closest I was to like, okay, that's kind of funny, but it wasn't it was fine. Yeah. Um, Giselle, oh, Giselle then says, you know, this has hurt me. I know Pepsi has lost sleep over it. Don't you bring Pepsi into this. You're Pepsi, the reason Pepsi's lost sleep. Exactly.
1: If you had just said, oh, oops, I guess I'll just drink Don Julio the rest of the time. Instead of making a big deal out of absolutely nothing, then Pepsi would have lost zero sleep.
0: Yeah. You made this a thing. And then like... You he- made Pepsi cry. And then, like, they try to, like, okay, all witnesses, can you all vote of Candace's innocence or whatever? And, like, half of them don't. And Candace is like, boom, mistrial. <laughs> like,
1: exactly.
0: Um, what is there was at one point where Candace says, I think, to Giselle, like, your mother's a thief. I was like, oh, bring the mothers back in. <laughs> ah. She's going to love that. Um, and, like, yeah, Candace is, like, fully done with Giselle. And they talk about, like, how C- Candace is just over it. And Giselle's like, we had a Rocky Season 7 due to her husband and that issue. It's like, due to her husband and that issue. Due to you telling lies. Yeah, exactly. Lies, fairy tales, and um, stories. And Giselle's basically like, well, I've always been a good friend to Candace. And Candace has not been a good friend all the time to me. Really? Who was running interference when Monique was bringing out all those text messages from that binder, that reunion? Watch it back who was trying to stop her and run interference about and try to discredit her? Candace. So, so Hmm. then Marisol brings up that, like, I guess she brought like coffee. She explained the story and I don't remember it, it, but it has something to do with her mom. Like it's like, Oh, so um, her and her mom had created a coffee
1: line or something together. And there was only like it ended and it was done. And there was only one case left. She brought half of that case with her on the trip, and it had been in her suitcase, and she'd been seeing it the whole time, so she knew it was here in Thailand, um, and now it's gone missing, and she's upset about it because it's obviously it's something of her mom's that she holds precious, that she was going to give that to the rest of the girls as a gift, um, and now it's gone missing but she hasn't made a big deal about it because she doesn't want to accuse anybody of stealing shit out of her bag because she has absolutely no proof of that
0: what a concept and then alexia is like 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 oh well we didn't see it though or whatever like and marisol's like stop just let me talk or whatever and then alexia's like oh well you always say that candice is like screaming and you're screaming like candice and i was like oh my god what's But happening?
1: she was saying it in spanish cuz she knew what the fuck she was saying yeah she said, You're acting like Candace right
0: in front of Candace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, seriously, bitch? Well, Marisol at the t- like, we, we didn't talk about it. Like, right before Marisol brings up the whole Candace is loud thing again. And
1: in her defense, Candace is loud, but also people make is, her loud. Yeah. People make a situation where she has to be loud.
0: Yeah. So Leah is back at, they go back. Leah's back at the villa and basically uh, only had a Do box. they drive back? We'll get to that later. <laughs> That was a fun moment later. Um, And basically, she just had a viral infection of some sort. Uh, And she's like, I finally had a solid uh, bowel movement. Candace goes, two cheers for solid poops.
1: I love how the, I just have to laugh at the people doing the closed captions because they captioned it as salad poops. Uh, I had to stop it because I was laughing so hard. Not salad poops.
0: (laughs) salmonella um <laughs> oh my god can we also can we also quickly talk though about candace is the only one that cares that, that leah's back yeah no one else gives a fucking shit no one's like hey leah are you okay no one yeah like, like it's like jeez what did she do I can mean- we
1: can we talk about the fact that leah opened the door to uh <laughs> To Candace twerking up against the door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cute. <laughs> that was cute. That made me giggle.
0: Um Pepsi's I getting, love their
1: relationship.
0: Pepsi's getting stuff together and uh was Portia joking like that Pepsi's looking for a wife or something?
1: Yeah, because he cause she was saying, you know, he's feeding us well and, you know, he's making us all weren't you just saying the other day that he wasn't feeding you well and you weren't getting
0: enough food i was gonna say he's been bringing kfc to you every fucking day of this trip i mean that's
1: true but anyway uh, and and making all these special dresses for us which we'll get to it those dresses were gorgeous absolutely gorgeous Mm. i thought whitney looked i thought whitney's was probably my favorite
0: whitney and can i like candace's
1: i liked candace's too but i really liked that uh the I don't remember what color Whitney's was on bottom, but the, the white on top was so mm. pretty. It, it, it was really nice.
0: Giselle and Portia are in the confessional, and they're talking about the bottle stuff still. And Giselle's like, you know, the other girls didn't feel like I was being accusatory. And Portia goes, you were definitely accusatory. <laughs> I don't think Portia is even like, girl, you're my friend, but stop.
1: You put on a whole court skit like you had Candace on trial. And you trying to say you're not being accused? Get the fuck out of here with
0: that bullshit. Yeah. Um and then po- and they they do rock paper scissors to determine who is guilty. And Porsche like I Porsche be like we're going to have Heather be the paper, she's flat. Um uh, <laughs> I was like I'm offended for Heather. Like what? <laughs> uh yeah. Um, as you mentioned, so the stylists then come and, and help get them dressed in their in their dresses and stuff like that. I thought Marisol at one point, going when she's putting on her earrings, says, my ears bleed if they don't have real gold. So, I
1: mean, it's, some people have that issue. I have the opposite issue. I can't wear gold because gold is somehow allergic to the acidity of my skin. So if I wear gold for a, certain, for a long amount of time, it will literally eat away at the gold. That's fun. something I inherited from my mother.
0: Science. <laughs> oh, and then oh, and then Pepsi gives Portia a crown, and she's the only one with a, with a crown, and crowns her Miss Thailand. Um, she didn't need this you on know, her ego. You, Pep, Pepsi is definitely macking on Portia a little bit. little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Heather and Whitney uh, go on the balcony and talk about the trip and sort of like how the inroads that they made in terms of everything. Um, and Whitney basically like wants to build on the, what the foundation that they laid in terms of the trip and then apologizes to her for questioning her Mormon journey and all that stuff. Obviously things don't go great from this, but at least it was an attempt. Uh, and then they do their bad weather dance. <laughs> I forgot about this. Which is like full on like, uh, <laughs> uh, have we Mortal seen Kombat. this before? No, this is they no, this is the, they just tested this out. Apparently.
1: No, but I thought that this was bringing something back that they had had before on.
0: Well, well Lisa, Salt Lisa Lake. Barlow doing the Whitney and Heather bad weather tornadoes. No, I thing.
1: knew that, but I'm talking about this whole like um, Team Rocket Pokemon thing. I
0: don't remember them ever doing it.
1: I don't. I didn't remember it either. And I was like, hey, Am I making shit up? Am I forgetting shit? What's going on?
0: Yeah. So they're all driving to the dinner and. Um, things start boiling over in Alexia Marisol's car. Marisol says something about her being a Capricorn, and that's why she's, you know, the way she is. And Alexia's like, you always use your zodiac sign to, like, justify things.
1: I will say that Giselle brought it up. She was like, let's bring up this topic again. Mm. So, it's Giselle's fault. It's
0: her fault. But then this is great. So, things are boiling over with Alexia and Marisol, and they're yelling. And, well, I was going to say they're yelling at each other. Alexia's really yelling at Marisol. And then as this is happening, they just cut to the other van, and Heather's t- trying to teach them all drive-back choreography. It's like, no, we do. And then you drive back, drive back. <laughs>
1: and it's so funny because Candace is giving this look to the back of Heather's head like, this is the widest bullshit, but it's
0: cute. So we're going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Giselle, Giselle's basically just a, taking Alexia's word about like Marisol not defending her or whatever. And Giselle's like, well, Alexia feels hurt by it. Because also at the end of the day, you know, Alexia's on this show because of Mar- Or Marisol's on the show because of Alexia. Because who would be Marisol's friend on the show? Basically being like, you're only a friend of because you're Alexia's friend. Which, like, I don't know. She was on the show before as a housewife. So it doesn't seem that odd. Um, And then this was the part where, uh, like, Alexia not bring not or Marisol not saying anything at Nicole's engagement party when Alex when Adriana's boyfriend was like getting in the fight with her. Okay, yeah, whatever. And Marisol was also mad that uh, Alexia made a comment about her marriage being fake, which like,
1: but also you don't get to like attack somebody and expect them to not say something back to you just because they're a man and you're a woman. Yeah. Like that is weaponizing the quote unquote positive aspects of misogyny and trying to weaponize them against somebody. That's not okay either. Well, I
0: also don't expect Alexia to have that full range to like understand like.
1: No, I don't expect her to either, but she she clearly understands what she's doing enough to be able to do it. Sure.
0: There you go. Um, they have dinner at this like lagoon and it's really pretty at night. Like they were like this is like one of the most gorgeous places we've been to. And that little bench thing that they pull across
1: the, yeah. the water on the rope, that was so cool. I kinda want one of those. It's really cool. We'd have to have a place with water and benches and rope and all of that. But you know, if we had all of that, <laughs> then, then I want to have that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be good. Um, uh, Whitney. So Whitney talks about being high the night before and admits to Portia that she ate her chicken. Um, then uh, so then the topic comes up about the pole dancing. This is when this dinner got this last dinner got crazy, <laughs> like full on. Alexia basically starts asking Whitney what her daughter thinks about her pole dancing. Um, and Alexia, Alexia basically is like, I'm always conscious in what you know my kids will think, etc. Um, and like she's saying she believes she's saying it in, like, oh, I'm just asking questions. It's like, I'm curious about your... She, but she's saying it in a very accusatory way and very yeah. judging way. Like, Which I I understand,
1: like, you can't... English is her second language. Sure. So I understand if she's not saying things quite as eloquently she as... She just
0: learned what passive-aggressive shade is like a couple of days ago. So. Right.
1: So, like, I get it, but also she's like, and we get this later because um her and Whitney talk sit down and talk about it the next morning but you know she at the end of the day she's just saying you know I struggle with trying to figure out how to you know be fully 100% myself but also like what is appropriate to be around my kids and what's what is you know, how do you have that balance? How do you find that way to be authentic but also be appropriate around your kids? Like, how do you do that? And I think she was really just asking for advice.
0: Yeah, but like, yeah, if she would have said it like that, that would. Have, but she was just like, I mean, are your kids not embarrassed by your posting? Like, yeah, and, and Leah's like. And because when she brings up the, like, I'm always conscious of what my kids will think, Leah's just like, I'm, su- I'm just really surprised by that. You know, since you were married to a cartel member, <laughs> Leah's just like, wow. And then Leah, I, I mean, she's not wrong. And Alexi is like, well, I'm not judging her. It's a, and then gets into it with Leah and Leah in her confessional being like, look, you married a drug dealer. The clothes off your back are probably bought off of people who died of overdoses. I was like wow but she's not wrong like how are you going like
1: sure we know what we know after the fact because we know about that dinner or the the breakfast the next morning and how she is able to explain really what she meant by this but in what they're talking about at the table like how are you going to be mad at somebody for using pot when you were ma- you were married to and your money comes from oh, yeah, someone yeah. who like was selling coke to people and whatever else he was selling to people like you like, your kids know about that. Your kids know where that stuff comes from. How are you going to take care of your kids with drug money and be mad at her for smoking some pot? Yeah. That's, they, a- that's hypocritical, and that's what Leah was saying. Sure,
0: And, of course, Alexia spent this whole episode like being like, Marisol doesn't help me uh, in arguments. And then Marisol tries to help her and basically goes, Whitney, if you had respect for your family, you wouldn't be on a stripper pole on television. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's the help that Marisol gives that Alexia really desperately wanted. <laughs> See, are Don't you wish you just
1: kept your mouth shut? Just, and I also wonder if that's why Marisol was so vocal at the Miami reunion, mm. which is after this, because she knew Alexia wanted her to be more active in standing up for her. I
0: feel like she was plenty active on the season. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I maybe know, I don't. I don't know. It just seemed weird. It seemed put on. Um, and Giselle's like, we shouldn't be judging each other as mothers. That's where, you know, et cetera. And then Whitney with this line about Alexia and her confessional. I just think it's really interesting coming from the same woman whose son has been in the news for kicking a homeless man, Whoop. <laughs> which, yeah. Whoop. Uh, so then they go to their private little festival thing called Loy Cretong, I think it's how it's pronounced. Um, and then Pepsi comes in in full garb. On the little like uh uh like gondola gondola thing. thing, and has a bottle of Plaza azul that he has found in Thailand. Oh, so wa- it
1: wasn't the only one in Thailand, Giselle. Yeah, but he wants peace. I it's- thought I almost thought that this was a um, this was the bottle. No, but it no, but
0: also, why
1: would you give her this full bottle that
0: you know she can't take home? Yeah, that she just wanted it for the satisfaction, and I loved everyone being like, "Oh, Pepsi, you're so sweet!" Yay, Candace Pepsi. is like, "Don't reward this bitch." Candice literally says, "We are rewarding demon behavior." <laughs> I'm with
1: her though. Like, why? Why are we acting like she's the victim and needs to be
0: like taken care of? Yeah, it's yeah. Um, they do their ceremony where they basically put these like flower wreaths or whatever in a pond and give intentions and stuff like that. And it's all the two girls that have been, like, either having issues or whatever. And Candace basically prays for intentional understanding and not misunderstanding. Cut to the reunion when Giselle intentionally tries to misunderstand the uh, colors in conversation. hmm That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. And Leah basically in her confession be like, I don't fuck with half of these girls. So, like, you know, I'll be friends with the ones that I became friends with. But also everyone else, I don't even fucking see them again. Bye. Like, <laughs> like I'm done. Uh, and then Marisol and Alexia do theirs and Marisol starts crying. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. What what, she says at one point? Like that, you know, I'm, I've been going through a lot. Like I'm still in my like honeymoon stage with Steve and I miss him and I'm always like, need the meat, need the meat. Jeez. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And then, so, and then Whitney and Heather have their moment too. And it is sweet. Um, we go the next morning as everyone's packing up to leave. And then Whit- Whitney and Heather have these like chicken and dog masks that apparently Heather brought. What paused. the
1: hell was this? Why
0: did Heather bring those? She says um
1: at one point she says uh that a rubber mask or two is something that she always takes on a trip because it can help like diffuse tensions. Yeah. Which, like, I get and this also like gives us a good insight into what the way that heather thinks about things right her goal is diffusion her goal is you know again same thing we've been talking about with schwartz on cracking a joke for like like like, breaking tension and um making everything go as smooth as possible and not going against the grain it explains why she's on jen's side because jen has kind of strong-armed that into the situation where it would be harder to stand up against her than to just lay down to the abuse.
0: Yeah. Um, you mentioned, so Whitney and Alexia then have their talk and at breakfast and Alexia tries to sort of clarify things. Um, and and Whitney kind of ends it by being like, you know, I didn't really build a strong bond with Alexia this whole trip. Cause it's kind of awkward. Again, they explain, they kind of get to a place, but it's kind of awkward. And she's like, but you know, I'll take her apology, whether it's genuine or not. Like, you yeah. know, uh, it's century. And then so all the girls are getting ready to leave and then uh Pepsi says goodbye to them and Candace makes a point to thank Pepsi for everything and like it's a, I thought it was a really sweet. They all got a, uh, him a card and a framed photo of all them together and like the sealed letter. I'm assuming it had money in it like or something. Like, I thought it, it was the leftover pot. Maybe <laughs> maybe and Pepsi gets really emotional about it. And it's, it was a really sweet, like, sort of ending moment. And Pepsi in his confessional basically says, like, you know, when, you know, even though they're gone, when the girls go to the fridge and get a can of Pepsi, I'll always be there. It's like, geez, Pepsi. Mm. Pe- Pepsi needs, we, we need Pepsi in the clubhouse. We need, yep. le- like, he needs to, yeah. Get <laughs> him on Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, he would be great. So, and then all the girls leave. And that's the end of the girls' trip. But then we get this scene at the end where Giselle's like, did you guys ever find the bottle? Talking to the producer, did you guys ever find where the bottle is? And they're like, no, we didn't find it. We couldn't find it anywhere. Cut to Candace and Leah in the confessional with the bottle. I missed this. What? Yeah, it's a post credit scene. And they're, yeah. Oh, yeah, you didn't watch past the credits. And they're both holding the bottle being like, hey. Like, <laughs> got it. And then we see... When Whitney and Heather were having their moment on the balcony, Heather goes, You know, let's get one more swig out of Giselle's bottle. We hit it. Basically, they hit it in the outdoor shower. And like, so Heather, Whitney, Candace, and Leah all were in on it. What?
1: What?
0: I completely
1: missed this. My mind is blown. What the hell? And Heather
0: is like, I can't believe she didn't check the outdoor shower. That's like the go-to. Also, I called this shit, right? Because I told you Heather probably
1: took it and hid it somewhere as a prank. Yep. Didn't I fucking say that on this podcast? Yep. Rewind the tape. Producers, rewind the tape. I am producer. I'll rewind the tape. I won't. Which I can't. But you know.
0: Yeah. Which I at first when cause they show Candace and Leah first, I was like, did they steal the bottle that Pepsi gave uh That I, would be hilarious. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, it's like perfect. It was like at least there's a happy ending. Giselle gets fucked over in the end. <laughs> uh, we can all go home happy. That was Ultimate Girls Trip. Uh, what do we think of the season as a whole? I thought it was good. I didn't think I thought some of the past seasons were a little better. Yeah. I think certain elements like Giselle and Leah like kinda hampered it. But like I liked. Portia was very funny in moments. I thought Candace was great. Um, yeah. Marisol, I thought did really well. Like Marisol, it helped a lot. I think with Marisol sort of like run mm-hmm. on Miami. Like, I think it's, I think they made the mistake also of like having them come off fresh from their seasons that they had already filmed, but didn't, well, like, part, sort
1: of, part of the issue is that they came off fresh from their seasons but hadn't filmed their reunion. Yeah. And then we got to see all of these reunions before we saw Girls Trip. So, like, we were seeing things out of order. Right. And it wasn't quite connecting right. Um, and usually, Bravo's really good about that continuity thing. Um, but this just, but it's also kind of hard to do when you're juggling like six different franchises. Yeah. So I I understand, was it six? No, how many franchises are on this? Five?
0: Yeah, five.
1: Yeah, five. So when you're juggling like five different franchises in those timelines, and I get that Leah and Portia aren't active, but like the other three franchises are active and they like literally just and it was so much about the
0: drama from the season so it's like that's the problem but overall it was still a fun time it was light it didn't like 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 it there weren't a lot of stakes so it was kind of it was enjoyable for what it was and we got a new star in pepsi yeah we love to see it
1: we love pepsi just like uh britney spears loves pepsi
0: (laughs) just any pepsi pepsi's pepsi
1: all right, babe. Tops and bottoms. Tops and bottoms. We got Jersey. We got Vanderpump.
0: We got Girl's Trip. What am I thinking? My bottom for this episode, without a doubt, in my mind is Tom Sandoval. I mean, that, particularly this episode, it was he was at his, the height of gaslighting, obnoxious bullshit. I was with like multiple scenes the Katie scene, the Raquel scene, the Ariana scene. It was just over and over again. Oh, the fucking restaurant scene. He was full on in this episode of just his asshole, like, you know, just all the tendencies that like, just, it's getting so infuriating at this point. And like, you know, I think even if Scandaval didn't break into the news and stuff like that, and we were watching these episodes as they is, I even still would be like, Sandal a fucking dick. He's just a dick. He, he's so narcissistic. He only cares about himself. He is, you know, so focused on narrative setting and, like, doing all this nefarious bullshit. He's a shithead to Katie for no fucking reason. The way he was trying to gaslight Ariana in that conversation. And, and he's also a shitty business person. It's just, like, a full fucking trifecta of bullshit. It's awful. Awful, awful, awful. Um, it does transition into my top for this week, though, which is Katie. This was Katie's fucking episode. Yeah. I live for Katie standing up to Schwartz. I live for Katie um, being independent but and, and also finding sort of someone in Satchel who, you know, even if it doesn't go far, like, is, like, you know, can make her happy and supported, like, the way she shaded Sandoval. That end scene with Sandoval made me so fucking happy, I can't mm, even tell you. Mm-hmm. She is amazing. It, like I said it before, if you're not Team Katie, what the fuck are you doing? Like Katie is the MVP of this season in, for me in many ways. So I really appreciate her. Uh, what about you? What about your tops and bottoms?
1: Well, my bottom uh, is also Vanderpump. It's Raquel. Um, but not actually related. Well, kind of tangentially related to the Scandal shit. But just like how she tried to frame the the stuff with Oliver um and really like tried to gaslight the audience i know we're using that word a lot but it's accurate yeah, yeah um she's insisting that a lie is the truth and acting like we didn't see it with our own eyes and acting like we don't know what the hell's going on um and like we literally saw a very different explanation of what happened and then that's not at all what she then takes to sheena and Lala as an explanation of what happened. And she does that to get them on her side because she knows that when all this shit hits the fan in the future, she's going to need allies and she lost both of them. So did it work? No. Um. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's gross. Like this whole thing is gross and it's pissing me off every episode. I mean, not enough to where I'm not going to watch it. Of course I'm no, going to watch it not. lap that shit up like it's the fucking nectar of life. But it's... <laughs> and it
0: also helps that we know we're going to get such a sass at the end of the reunion. Yeah. yeah.
1: I can't wait. I can't wait to see Ariana in that fuck you dress. <laughs> ah! um, but yes, Raquel is my bottom. Um, My top is not going to be anywhere near Vanderpump Rules. It's gonna be Pepsi. No Pepsi. Love Pepsi. And I mean, this is more of a um honoring for him for the whole season of Girls Trip. Um, he really did take care of these women and went above and beyond. Like he went above being just a host and ended up being a ninth cast member. And I really I really appreciated how much he seemed to care about their experience and about their uh impression of Thailand and Thai culture and um really really did a beautiful job of like showcasing um at least the culture there in Phuket and and really giving us a an insight to um life you know there in in Thailand and it was really beautiful. I would love to see him on watch what happens live. <laughs> Uh, to dish some bring tea bring him to
0: bravo yeah, Bring yeah uh, he bravo would have Con. the line at the fucking door he would
1: and he would have the time of his life you <laughs> know he would um and he's just so genuine and sweet and he's a little horn dog and i just <laughs> i love it it's hilarious and it's oh it's wonderful i love that that little guy um he's great Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy.
0: Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms.
1: A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at SorgatronMedia.com.